two, one. Fucking kids today. Fucking kids today. Fucking kids today. <laughs> Hasn't everybody said that from the beginning of time? I bet cave people were saying that shit. Uh-huh. Yeah? You know? <laughs> oh, fucking kids. It's just, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Every new group comes up. They try to reestablish themselves as smarter. You know, there's the yeah. new group coming up. They're going to change the rules. I don't know what's so wrong with how we turned out. You know what I mean? Like oh, we're a mess. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying not from a like. I mean, every I think every generation is better than the next in terms of how like things. This, this is the best times I've ever been for most people, right? But I'm saying from like uh, uh, how we handled things perspective, things seem. I'm like a fine human being. You seem like a fine human. Like most human beings are fine, and we were raised quite. I don't say differently, but a little better in my perspective than like what's happening now like what what is being corrected is is strange to me to people that don't know the story let's fill them in on your story yeah, sure. and how we got together uh -huh. so you're doing a gig you're at columbia mm -hmm. so a few months ago uh i got this group called the asian american alliance at columbia university hit me up saying hey you know we're big fans of your work um i was the first indian to ever write for snl um and so they were like that was a story in the asian american indian community and so they hit me up in like May or June, like, hey, come, we have this show in November. It's called Culture Shock. Um, it's a big like fashion culture kind of event. And I've done like tons of these before, you know, like, cause my sister and I, we both went to NYU, but my sister um, like helped put on these kinds of shows. So I would attend them and like, I've seen them ever since high school. Cause I went to high school in Parsippany, New Jersey, which is like a hyper diverse kind of place, um, at least with like Asians and Indian people. And like I went to a few in high school, and I got laid after one of them when I was in high school. So they had like a, <laughs> I lost my virginity after one of them. So oh. like it was like they held a special place in my heart. And so I'm like I went thinking, okay, this is going to be fun. And and they know who they're getting in that you know the email said we're fans of your work. Like we want you to come do the show. It's about like representing Asian identities and all that. I'm like dope. And that's I get there at like seven thirty, and I walk in and I'm like, okay, I know all these kids. I mean they're like. 20 or something but like i know them i grew up with these kids you know like abigail's and pratiques or whatever like i know all these guys right and immediately my comic hat turns on i'm like okay the show itself the energy is dope but the show like acoustically i'm looking okay this is a high ceiling the lighting shit uh it's not set up for like a comedy event but i still think okay this is gonna go well 8 30 8 45 i get on stage um and i'm like I, I do some Columbia stuff because I went to Columbia for like a summer program. I start making fun of the kids a bit. And I say, do I have to give like a trigger warning? Almost like joking. Like, do I have to give a trigger warning? Because I know, you know, that's a thing. And I say like, be careful. Some of this might be sexist. Some of this might be racist. Uh, you know, just buckle up. And one girl boos. And I'm like, you're booing? <laughs> Already? It's like two minutes in. And, and I'm like, well, look, this is the, I literally said, I just listened to the set uh, on the way here. And I said, uh, well, buckle up, you know, because this is the real world or whatever. And then I go into material and about, and it's going well. This is one story I want to dispel. Like, uh, I, I will fully own a bomb. You know, if I'm bombing, I know I'm bombing. I will tell you that I've bombed before a billion times. I'm doing fine, 60, 70% of the set. 17 minutes in, I tell the joke where I say, um, effectively, you know, I don't think being gay is a choice, which is, I don't think it is at all. Uh, but this is how you know, because 
there's gay black people and no one's going to choose to be gay if they're already black right no one's doubling down on hardship that's a funny joke thank you no one no one it's a funny joke thank you no one like no black dude ever wakes right. up and thinks you know what this black shit too easy i'm gonna put on a madonna halter top and some jordans and tell an indian dude how to live his life that's not a choice that's you were born that way and and that it bombs like this silence really it's complete silence and then i say uh you're exactly who i expected to be as a crowd and then i say uh um the only person that chooses this is also what wasn't printed is that the the offensive part to me what i think is offensive is the next part where i say the only person that chooses whether or not to be gay on a daily basis is mike pence right we can all agree that <laughs> like i don't know if he's gay or not but no man hates homosexuals that much if he himself is not a homosexual he chooses not to be gay every day and that gets some laughs and applause and i'm like okay cool and then uh i get back into it i'm rolling for about another two or three minutes um i start talking to some i do a joke about uh how my dad landed in newark when he uh, immigrated to america some girls from newark she interrupts i start talking to her for like two minutes and that goes terribly it's just like i'm trying to f i'm going fishing with her just trying to see if i can get back into what it. is she interrupting what i is, say is I, she heckling or is she i say i say a joke where i said my dad la landed in newark um uh, back when he landed it was called brick city because if you hit if you looked at someone wrong they'd hit you with a brick right fine kind of throwaway line this girl goes that's not true i'm like well oh yeah obviously. i'm like obviously you know, <laughs> <It's a fucking> <laughs> <joke> <laughs> so i'm just i'm just kidding uh, but like uh, I, I know where she's what she's trying to do i'm just trying to talk to her and i'm going trying to talk about like trying to get back into material um and that's like probably minute 20 or something and then out of my corner of my left eye i see the three girls that invited me to do the show initially in may or june like gather and i'm like that's kind of strange i still talk to this girl for like another 30 seconds and then as i'm concluding my talking to her because i realized that's not going to go anywhere they come on stage with microphones and like one trench coat and they're just like <laughs> they're like they're like it's time for they literally to say there's been a change thank you namesh there's been a change in program um you know we've received some comments from members um you know uh we think uh that's enough how what? long have you been on stage for uh 20 something minutes at this point and it was that one joke that did it so this is so i go i'm like i'm first i'm like i'm i'm not even mad at this point i'm just like in shock i'm like this there's like an episode of impractical jokers or something like what is, what are you talking about i have still have 45 minutes left um cause i'm slated to do an hour i'm like really what are you? and they say yeah there's been comments like people are upset or offended and i'm like i feel like we're having a good time and some of the crowd cheers and then i'm like why do I got to go? And one of the girls goes, the tech has to leave. And I look at the tech has to leave. This is all on YouTube. Like someone put the YouTube video out of this particular part. And I go, they better be leaving because I can see, I can see the tech people. And I'm looking at them like, you, you got to bounce, dude? And so the tech people, meaning the people that are coordinating the electronics I, that yeah, the broadcast tech. the show. Exactly. Okay. Like, whoever's running. Like, am I, right. I don't need tech. I'm not, I don't have fucking pyro. I just, <laughs> <laughs> the microphone's on. Yeah. That's it. What do you mean the tech has to go? The tech people, have to, they're coming up with lies. Yeah. I mean, I understand why she lied because she's trying to save face and not like, and right. try, I guess, not to embarrass me or whatever. But I'm like, I'm not going to believe that shit that all three of you came out to be like the tech has to go. And then I go, um, is it because the tech has to leave or because i'm saying some things that made people uncomfortable and one of the other girls goes uh there's a we think there's a distinction between being uncomfortable and being disrespectful 
<laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, don't use your big words on me. <laughs> you know? But but in my brain, I'm like, what 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 are you talking about? Uh, like, I I don't think I've been disrespectful at all. And there are some people who are like, what the fuck is going on? Majority of people are like, what the fuck is going on? And but like, there's a pocket of the crowd where the three uh, uh, Asian American Alliance leaders and like the rest of the sort of crew was like waiting. And I think some of them cheer when. They're like, they're, there's a distinction between disrespectful and being uncomfortable. I'm like, what are you talking? I haven't been disrespectful in the slightest. What are you talking about? And then one girl goes, "We think you're not entitled to be making some of the jokes you're making." Oh. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, my my trigger word is entitled. You know, oh. like I'm I'm thinking. And at this point, I'm like, I'm too almost in shock, deer in headlights, kind of to like even process anger. I'm just like, now I'm just trying to assess what they're specifically saying. I'm like, which joke specifically? And they're like, we think that gay and black joke um, uh, is particularly offensive or whatever. And I'm like, and then at this point, I'm like, instead of explaining that the joke is quite progressive, I'm like, I literally got that joke from an audience member at Stand Up New York in like 2011. Like, I remember the conversation distinctly because it was such like one of these sort of, oh shit, that's a good bit moments. Right. And I tell them that. And they were like, you got it ca- talking to a guy yes. in the crowd. So I was on stage, and I used to live in Hell's Kitchen um, in New York, and I'm and like the, there's there's like a gay black constituency that would always like make fun of me when I was like leaving my apartment, but like <laughs> like ribbing me, you know what I mean? Right. And so like I'm t- I'm trying to talk about that on stage at Stand Up New York, uh, doing like a check spot or whatever, and I'm talking to uh, the crowd, and then there's a, a gay black guy that like heckled me, and I start talking to him. And then at some point, I'm like, this is how you know being gay can't be a choice, right? And he's, right. he starts dying, and we're, we have, like, a good rapport. I'm like, oh, perfect. This is a great bit that I just got. Right, right. And so I tell them that, and they're like, no, you know, there's been a change. Pro- you Like, you have to go. And I'm like, effectively, I'm like, like you're wrong for w- doing what you're doing right now. I'm, 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 I'm a generation older than you guys. Uh, I know comedy better than anybody in this room. That's for goddamn sure. And I know disrespect, and I, I've been through a lot of shit. Like, I know that what I'm saying right now uh, hasn't been offensive in the slightest. And, and I say, you can't isolate yourself from the real world. Like, this, what are you going to do when, when some real bad shit happens in the world? Like, if someone actually does something that's offensive. Like, you can't handle things this way if you silence someone that's not, that's not progress or whatever. And then they asked me if I have closing remarks. <laughs> Whoa, you have closing <laughs> remarks. Closing remarks. And you should have prepared something. Oh, it's sh- hard to come up with closing remarks out of nowhere. On the spot. I tried to save it. I tried to save it with a, a bit, you know, and it fucking bombed. Oh. And, and I'm like, all right. And I just, I'm like, I'm still talking. And, and then they cut my mic. And I'm like, really? Wow. You? I'm like, really? really? You cut my, all right. And then I'm like, all right, thank you. Well, Put the mic down and I bounce. And then they try to, then they won't even let me talk to them backstage. Like one, one member's like, we got to escort you out. I'm like, you're going to escort me out. I'm six foot one Indian dude. Like, I don't need escort from you, tiny person. Like, I'll be fine. I'm not here to fight anybody. Even if I was, this is just not the move you're going to. So are they escorting you out because they want to kick you out or are they worried about your safety? Like, no, they want to escort me out because they want to take me out. Right, right, right. And so I go to, um, where I have a camera crew there. Because I'm trying to film every hour that I do. And I go to them and I'm like, what the f- What just, if you watch a YouTube clip, I'm like on stage, like, <laughs> like, I look at them and I go to them. And I'm like, and then some of the members from the Alliance try to uh, uh, talk to me. 
Um, like we're so sorry that that happened. Like, uh, you know, that's not all of us. Or we don't know what just happened. And I'm, in my head, I'm like thinking so much for the alliance part of this whole thing, right? Like I thought we we're the same people. I'm flesh of, you know, like we come from the same place. So there's no other jokes they found offensive. That was the only one. No, that's what they said. There's, there's, there's uh, like two or three things that said like um, articles, which I made the mistake of just reading everything. Like don't ever do oh, that. Don't ever do that. Now fucking, <laughs> I just I read everything. <laughs> And I like there's two or three articles that say like I was badgering uh, two people in the crowd. And there's like one girl who like maybe two or three minutes in, like I talked to her for crowd work. Like I asked where mm-hmm. she's from, what she's doing, whatever. And she she gets up, like she stands and like shows herself off to the crowd. I make fun of her for a little bit. And then this other girl, the one, the Newark chick, that is like, we get personal because she reveals that, you know, her father's not in her life. The conversation just gets awkward. It's not. She revealed that her father's not in her she, life I'm like, while she was I'm talking in the to, crowd? I'm, I'm talking to her like, uh, um, I was like, what, did you, what do your parents do or whatever? And she's like, oh, she's like, I don't know what my dad does. I'm like, what do you mean? You, he's, he's like, oh, I don't know him. I'm like, oh, you, but you don't, oh, he's not in your life or whatever. He doesn't. And she's like, yeah. I, I was like, okay, I can sense like she's uncomfortable now. Mm-hmm. To the point where I asked her, I was like, are you uncomfortable? And she said, no. I'm like, okay, cool. I could just like make this worse. And, and then I'm like, but I won't. You seem like a nice person. That's when they came out. But the the people are apologizing to me and I'm like, I'm now I'm mad. Now I'm like, once I leave the stage, I'm now I'm livid. But I'm, I know myself well enough to be like, I'm not going to talk to anybody if I'm angry because I'll just say some wild shit. Like, I don't, I, I could have Bill Bird Philadelphia the whole thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This just went off on all these people for like 10 minutes. Like, what the fuck is wrong with all <laughs> But I just went, I was like, I got to go. Like, I'm, I'm out. And I took my crew and we just, we just walked straight out of this fucking giant hall. And, and then like, I'm waiting for my car and people from the show are like, like apologizing not like just audience members being like yo we're so sorry we don't that was fucked up that shouldn't have happened you were doing great whatever and then like uh i i get in my uber to the, my next show at my, after this i have to do another hour at another show and where, where are you going next ucb east in lower east side from from columbia to lower east side it's like a 30 40 minute ride and we hop in the car and like I'm like, first I text my agent, <laughs> you know, I'm like, this just happened. And he's like, do not say shit until you get paid. I'm like, that's probably the right move. Because uh, I'm about to just fucking Instagram something like that. That's a real agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a man. Protect man. the shekels. Yeah. He was just, do not say shit <laughs> until you get paid. I'm like, you're Smart right. Smart man. And, and I'm just like in my head, like mad listening to like Drake, just like I got to let enemies that kind of, I'm just like fucking everything that. I think is wrong that we hear as like a narrative of like kids are soft, all this kind of shit mm-hmm. is playing. I'm like, yes, that's what it is. Like, and I'm thankful that my crew was there because I'm to, I'm venting to them because if they weren't there, I'd be on some other shit. And, but as I'm checking my Instagram, cause I'm like, this is definitely going to be a fucking story on Instagram at the very least. Mm-hmm. I'm like, people are DMing me from the show. Like, yo, we're so sorry that that happened. That's so fucked up. Uh, people are emailing me the same shit. I'm like, was anybody saying "fuck you"? You shouldn't have been there in the first place. No, no one said that to me. At one girl who was the sweet mate of uh, 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 one of the organizers, DM me and just like yelled at me. Basically, I just I ever I wrote to her, "Thank you for your support." <laughs> like you know, just like that. what did she say? She said, oh, "Let me find." Saved it. it. <laughs> it's it, dude. My DMs just blew up. Um, <laughs> Is this Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. 
and she I, I, my instagram's not up like i deleted it from my phone but she was affected. you deleted it from your phone i delete i check it in the morning and i delete it and then i check it at night and i delete it again really i just fucking hate so when i was at snl i worked on update um and so like i was constantly on my phone or on twitter or on instagram just like checking news reading shit and mm -hmm. like it it annoyed the shit out of me i hate the news lo and behold i am the news now for a bit but like i fucking <laughs> i hate the news it's all bullshit and like being in this cycle right has confirmed my belief that it's all fucking nonsense but she effectively says um uh i hope you learn your lesson of um uh, respecting what you were hired to do and respecting strong young women uh, and check your fucking ego and i was just like <laughs> i was i was like i i it took all of me not to just be like just eviscerate because i'm like i'm good with i'm not good at a lot of things but i can i can eviscerate somebody in an instagram dm um and so i didn't i didn't say shit to her besides thank you for the support and but I'm, all these people are messaging me like yo we're so sorry that fucking happened and like i'm like all right i'm not totally fucked with all these kids and i go to this show at ucb east and like i'm taping the out an hour so i can't even process what just happened because my instinct is just talk about this immediately right but I can't because I have to tape this hour. And so I get off stage um, and the hour goes well. And I, as I'm leaving UCB East, three kids that were at the show at Columbia had come down from Columbia and followed me to UCB East. And they came up to me and apologized in person. They're like, we're so sorry that happened. Like, we loved your set. Like, we don't know what the fuck is going on. And that took me, that gave me like a beat to be like, all right, you know? Like maybe, maybe everyone isn't this way. Maybe it's just the people that have the fucking bullhorn that get to just say whatever the fuck they want and silence people that are like the minority, but they're like the, the vocal minority. Whereas like all these people that are like actually on my squad are not as vocal as they can be. They're more like quiet and apologize <clears throat> in person. Mm -hmm. And so the next day, um, I, I don't think anything about it, but like the Columbia newspaper hits me up. Like I get off, I leave Columbia at nine 30. The Columbia newspaper hits me up at 10 5 PM. Like, Hey, do you have any comment? I'm like, comment. <laughs> I'm hungry. How's that for a comment? Like, I don't, well, I'm not going to talk to you right now. Let me fucking process what's going on. The next day I'm still thinking about it, but I'm going down to open for Aziz in Atlantic city and, uh, open for him. And I'm telling him the story and he's, he immediately hits on the fact that it's crazy that these kids came up to you and apologized. And I'm like, I, I didn't even think about how insane that is because I'm still mad, but I'm thinking, I'm talking to these kids, like I'm talking to Aziz and I'm just like, that is kind of crazy because it's so easy to buy into the shit that everyone is a fucking soft motherfucker. And then I think about it some more. And then I think about like all the gigs I've done college wise before, like in the past year, I've been lucky to know I did like, Texas, I did a school in Alaska, I did a school in Ohio, I did a school in Maryland, and I've said much more offensive shit, like anti-Trump shit in the fucking redness of states, and it's all been fine, you know, like, I've never been kicked off stage before, mm. and so, to me, like, this Columbia incident, even the students there <laughs> seem like the exception rather than the rule of, like, everyone's a soft person, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does make sense, but uh, what I think is is young kids in particular mm -hmm. that are in a position of power, right? They're mm -hmm. running something. They have this idea of how people should behave that they want in their head. Yeah. And when you don't fit that that mold, then 
they just decide to be outraged. Yeah. That's <clears> what <throat> happened here. I mean, you look at the context of what you said. Mm -hmm. First of all, you're a comedian, right? You're obviously a guy who jokes about shit, right? So that's not a, you're not saying anything negative about black people. You're or not gay saying anything people, yeah. about gay people. Right. You're, you're essentially admitting that it's a hardship. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all agree that black people experience racism <clears throat> and gay people experience homophobia. 100%. Everybody agrees that. Yeah. So that joke makes perfect sense and it's funny. Thank you. I mean, it's 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 stupid. <laughs> the, what they're doing is stupid. Yeah. It's like, but that's normal, man. Dude, that's been going on forever. I stopped doing colleges a long time ago, like the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. I did a college in Florida. And I remember thinking, these they don't know enough. Like, this is not fun. Like, the only reason why I would do this is for money, because colleges pay a lot of money. Yeah. But they don't know enough. They're, they're I mean... They should if they if they're eighteen year old kids and they can get to a club that has an eighteen year old uh, limit where mm -hmm. you can get in at eighteen they should do that and then they'll be with other thirty year olds and uh, people with life experience yeah. I don't want to I don't want to perform at the whim of children and that's what these are these are children who are engaging in recreational outrage yeah they're deciding to be outraged yeah that's what it you know it felt like with with them particularly <laughs> it felt like. Like I grew up fine. I grew. I didn't. I didn't grow up rich, but my parents had some money for a bit before things went. No, like we're average middle class people. But like, to me, it's like I've been through some life, and so I know when people who haven't been through life get upset about shit. Yes, and it's always like the thing with Texas and Ohio and, and Alaska is like these are like the kids of blue collar people, mm -hmm. the people who have been through some shit, and maybe not even just blue collar, but people who have been through some kind of life. Well, a life experience where they know that things aren't just like words can hurt, but for the most part, they're fine. It's like when like your fucking dad loses his job. Well, it's also it's the intent of what you're trying to do. Yeah. Like, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get laughs. You're, t you're telling jokes and trying to get laughs. That's what you're fucking hired to do. Yeah. They, they take the context of a, <clears throat> people forget that comedian is a job that like I'm here. Like, it's not who I am as a human being necessarily. I'm. I will go for funny first. Oh, yeah. Funny over everything. Uh, well, you're a fucking New York City comedian. Right. You have to. Right. It's That's just, the only way it works. It's so it's so crazy what people... I think... I don't know if kids have changed or whatever. No, no, no. They haven't changed. They just think that this is the thing to do now. Mm -hmm. Look, when I was, in, <clears throat> when I was uh, doing colleges way back in the day, I was in my 20s, I did a college in Connecticut. And right after I did the college... I I was talking to the kids. I would do I would do my set and then uh, I would like open up for Q and A. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, what the fuck's going on in my throat? But it was um, I was probably twenty four, twenty five, maybe maybe twenty five at the oldest. Mm -hmm. So I was just a couple years older than them. Okay. And so it was fun for me to talk to them about what life is like when you actually have to pay your own bills and you're out you're out free. And some guy goes, uh, you know, you got like I was doing the question thing, and some guy goes, uh, I go, you know, I, I lift his hand up. He goes, tell a joke. I go, tell a joke, <laughs> and I go, two Jews walk into a bar, uh -huh. they buy it. <laughs> it's, it's an old yeah, fucking street, street joke. joke. Yeah, street joke. After the show, you know, the show goes great. I say thank you. I really appreciate you guys for coming out. It was really a lot of fun. Thank you. Good night. So afterwards, I would always hang around and say hi to people. And there was no picture taken back then because you had to have an actual camera. Nobody yeah, had a fucking camera. Oh, it was a long time. A long ago. time ago. <laughs> this is uh, I'm 51, so this is uh, 90. 
91, oh, 92, shit. somewhere on that. Um, so this one guy comes up to me and goes, the joke you said about Jewish people is very offensive. And I thought he was joking. Uh -huh. I go, are you serious? And he goes, y yes, very offensive. And he's like nervous and shit and like <laughs> has a hard time looking me in the eye. Uh -huh. And I go, dude, I go, think about what the joke says. It's about Jewish people being really good at business. Right. They walk into a bar, they decide to buy it. It's such a. There's it's, nothing offensive about it at it's, all. It's like, it, you know what's crazy is like, it's like people now and maybe forever have always heard shit and they immediately think this means if I'm thinking something bad about this, that means that someone is it's saying something. Not even that they're thinking bad about it. They've uh -huh. decided this is a taboo subject, even if you're not even saying anything negative about it. Yeah. Like, say if you do a joke about interracial relationships. The best just kind. Interracial relationship, just say it. If you just do a joke about that, there are people that are going to put red flags up instantly and look to misinterpret anything that you say on purpose. Yeah. Because they don't want, they don't want that thought in their head. They don't want the thought of, you know, like this guy's looking for anti-Semitism in that joke. Two yeah. Jews walk into a bar, they buy it. There's none there. You could look all day long. It's a joke about Jewish folks buying stuff. Right. It does, there's nothing You're negative about it at all. confirming a positive stereotype. Yes. It's like a big dick black guy joke. Yeah. It's not negative. There's right. nothing negative about it. Nobody gets upset that you think they have a big dick. Right. Unless they have a little dick. Unless they have a little dick. Yeah, it's a lot of letdown. <laughs> but it's, <clears throat> it's young people that are also flexing, right? They're free from the control of their parents. And I find that you're dealing with that more in like rich or upper middle class families yeah. because I think they're more hands on with their kids and more controlling. Mm -hmm. And those kids get free. They want to exert their own freedom. And when they get free of their parents, they want to establish that they're different and that they have their own mind, their own and then we're a part of the new generation. And the new generation is not going to tolerate racism, cis hetero activity and they just decide that right. they're going to fucking put their foot down. But it's a pattern that repeats itself over and over and over again. It's just today they have social media. And yeah. this is the difference. The difference is they feel like they're empowered because they get online and other morons that are the same age as them confirm with them. You can just confirm any oh. belief that you want. Like that's another lesson I've gotten from this is just yeah. like confirmation bias is like the wildest shit ever. You can, you can be like, there's one lady who wrote some shit. I'm anti-gay and anti-black and other Hilarious. people. I'm like in the comments. Yes, this is clearly this is clearly what he was saying. I'm like, what that you took that from my set. Me, I'm anti-gay and anti. I don't think there's a solution here. Yeah, I've looked at this hard for mm -hmm. a long time. No, we need safe spaces for comedians. <laughs> <laughs> there's no solution because you're dealing with immature people in terms of like the literally the de development of their frontal lobe. They're not fully formed yet. How much do you think of it? Is like. I put it in my the op-ed that I wrote, but it's like I was thinking about like how much of it now is a function of the fact that like we immediately get whatever we want in our hands. You know what I mean? Like there's instant gratification, so there's like instant kind of thought process where there's no real thinking that occurs. It's more just like this comes into my brain. I hear gay black. This has to be. Yes. This is wrong. It's coming out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you say gay black on stage today in a really liberal very progressive environment you get this thing you but you have to say something like pro super pro gay mm -hmm. and super pro black and it it doesn't even have to be a joke right like it, you're better off just going for that applause break move comedian i mean Which people want gross people want their comedians to be their leaders 
That's Did what really? that, that's what it feels like. Nah. When it, if, if, they just want to laugh. Ma- no, people. I'm, when I say people, I mean like this next group of uh, of comedy. Like oh, the these pe- kids. Yeah, you're the, talking pe- about? the people that but were they the show. don't because the comedians that are going to be their leaders aren't even going to be funny. They're going to fucking die. They're starved to death. You get once you get out in the real world. Uh huh. Fuck, man. If you're not funny, you're fucked. Yeah, nothing. But, but like, it's like, like if I went up there and I said Asians are the shit. And fuck Whitey, <laughs> like, this, this, I would have, I would have been, I would have been out on the fucking chairs. They would have carried me out. Like this is our motherfucker. You know what I mean? But like that's the thing. I think like people want. Like I'm not a hero, man. I'm not. I'm just trying to be heard. You know? Well, you're a comic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're trying to be funny. Yes, that's this, all it is. This is a. I, I really believe that this is just a symptom of growing up, and you're just giving these people the power to express themselves where there's there's no mature wiser person that's around them uh-huh. that says hold on let's look at the context of what he's doing right. let's examine what he's doing and then you're going to apologize to him because this is clearly a fucking joke you hired a guy to tell jokes right. he tells jokes and you say not that joke right you know this specific thing is strange because they're like everyone's like he did not respect what the event was i'm like hey <laughs> I'm, I'm like what, what? I mean, I'm not. This is not, I'm not your mascot here. Right. I'm, I'm. I'm not. This is not a pep rally, dog. I'm here to tell jokes. Well, you weren't hired to do a speech about this event. Right. I'm You're here. Hired to do your act. My fucking act. I don't think they understand how long it takes to write an act. Either. It's. That's the. That's the, like another conversation though. Yeah. I'm like, comedy is fucking hard work. <laughs> it's fucking hard. <laughs> you think I'm gonna just go up there and just? Yeah. Fuck? I like, mean, we were all out last night. I ran into you. You were at the improv as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, dude, we're grinding, right? It's fucking... I was Throwing shit f- up there, yeah. trying new bits. It's tough. Recording the, things, it, listening to them. We're like, oh, this didn't work. Then now I got to restructure. Now, yep. now I'm going to go back and try to figure out how I can make this gay black joke <laughs> better. Well, the problem is the gay black joke. Now everybody knows <laughs> Everyone it. knows People it. People are now going to go, do the gay do black it, joke. Gay black. <laughs> hey, gay black. <laughs> People are gonna start cheering for it. You know? Gay black, gay black, no, gay black. My friend, my friend started a, a a hashtag challenge, which I hope no one picks up, is the Nemesh challenge, where if I'm on stage somewhere, you just come on stage and rip the mic out of my head. Oh, don't <laughs> that you fucked up. You just fucked up. Oh, don't do that, you, please. You definitely should have said that on this show. <laughs> Whoo! Good luck. Oh, good man. luck in the next six months. Oh Christ! This is. Uh, I, I really don't think this is a big deal. I just think this is. Uh, is there's a reason why all these different comedians have been saying i heard john mulaney said this recently and i, I really love john mulaney yeah but i completely disagree with him he said the reason why comedians don't do colleges is nothing to do with political correctness it has to do with the money that is not true no he says that because his act is really good and really clean you right. can essentially do his act anywhere yeah it's an excellent act i mean and but there's other guys like that like brian regan he's got an excellent act he could do colleges anywhere gaffigan no, and yeah like any gaffigan yeah, yeah the, anywhere they d- the reason why they don't do colleges is because the kids are too fucking sensitive. Mm-hmm. That's 100% the reason. Do you think that they don't make money at colleges? You don't understand how much colleges pay. They pay a lot of money. It's not to a lot of, I think to a lot of comics, it's just not worth the hassle. It's not worth it's, it. You know, like if, yeah. if I didn't need the cash and, and I was like, uh, uh, Jerry, you know, if, yeah. if I was whatever, like the, the two and a half weeks that I've spent, like, reading the news and getting back and answering emails and getting back into this shit of just like they said what right. like if i didn't i would easily give that up but here here's the flip side 
this is probably one of the best things that's ever happened to you as a stand-up. Oh, yeah. That's what everyone's saying. Gigantic national attention. It's the, the, the two things every comic has said. is from One, did you get paid? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and two, is like, good press, right? You do. <laughs> I'm like, you fucking pricks. But it's true. <laughs> no, it's And great. you're going to feel the same way after time has sort of soothed the wounds over. Oh, yeah. I know, mean, right now, it's still raw and fresh, and you're still angry. I'm still getting shit from comics. Like, that's my that's been my whole, that's been my favorite thing. Thing about all this is just comedians like talking shit about like I'm one of my friends posts on Facebook uh, he said I mean who among us hasn't wanted to snatch the mic out of Nimesh's hand <laughs> just like pieces of shit like come, let me live man <laughs> yeah, but you would have done the same thing oh of course, of course we can't help it uh, of course the bomb heard around the world yeah. is <laughs> my comic friends that come to fuck you guys dude Jeff Ross who set this up Jeff Jeff is the one who uh, connected us but yeah uh, shout Jeff, out Jeff shout out to Jeff Ross Jeff said something that I agree with so wholeheartedly he said I'm almost a comedian before I'm an American yeah and he said that on this, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's a rare person. There's only, dude. How many of us are there in the whole country? Uh-huh. Is there even a thousand like what? real legitimate working ones? I don't know, man. How many headliners? Is there five hundred? Is there like legit five? How many would you pay to see? Is it a hundred? Yeah, that's I a good question. I might pay to see a hundred dudes in uh-huh. the country, maybe in the world. Let me be honest. Yeah. I might pay to see two dudes outside of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so international acts. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. Lovely people. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. This shit's America. It's, it's, I guess, yeah. I mean, I yeah. agree with Jeff wholeheartedly. Like, it's like we're, it's also like what he said about uh, um, the instant you see a comic from a, if, even if they're like in England or South Africa yeah. and you see it, you you immediately have that kinship. You're like, yes. you're a comedian. It's yeah. like, you ever watch uh, Comedians in Cars when, when Chris and uh, uh, Jerry do it? I've never watched it. Oh, it's great. I mean, I just like, I like, I like some of the interviews that he does, but Chris and Jerry have a moment where they're talking about uh, going to a party and seeing each other and Chris comes up to Jerry and just goes, comedian you know <laughs> like they're the only two people that know each other yeah and it's like that's the kinship that i think you have as a as a comic um but i forget what we're talking about how do we get on this well we're just talking about guys giving you shit oh yeah i mean yeah. that's that's the that's the best part is just yeah. like motherfuckers being like you bombing motherfucker. <laughs> you know yeah i love it i yeah. love it new york new york is special in that way where oh, people, you, new york's extra mean because it's cold oh it's fucking brutal that's what it is like la out here people are first of all they're trying to get acting gigs so they're yeah. kissing ass and they're being fake mm-hmm. and then on top of that it's warm all the time did you start in where'd you start i started in boston, boston right yeah. okay Boston, New York, L.A. But I've been to L.A. I've been, I mean, if you wanted to look at it on paper, uh-huh. although I always consider myself a Boston comic, yeah, um, more of an L.A. comic than anything. I've been out here since 94. Oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it the other day. You're a 30-year guy. Yeah, 30 that's years. Cool. 30 fucking, years in stand-up. That's, that's fucking, a long yeah. time, man. Yeah. That's your life, your whole life as a human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you said you were on stage at college in 1990. I was four. <laughs> yeah. Is <laughs> that know? crazy? That's fucking was, nuts. I think it was 92, mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking. Or 90, yeah, somewhere around 92. Yeah. But e- either way, it's a long-ass time. And the crazy thing is, dude, you still keep learning. Yeah. Like, you still keep learning. Like, I'll still have a, a weird set, and I'll go, ah, why did I do it that way? Yeah. Or I'll have this idea in my head, let me flip this around, and it'll fuck the whole joke up. I'm like, ah, why did I say rescue first? I should have said that <laughs> later. Yeah. God damn it. That goes, then, just goes back to how much work this shit is. It's where so it's much just work. You, that you forget how fucking 
much time you got to invest. I got two new babies right now. Not not real babies. I have oh. real kids, but I have two new comedy babies. Even better. And I'm watering them. Yeah. Like right now, they're like, ooh, I got to give them some light. I got to make sure they get the right fertilizer. Like right now, I have two bits. One bit that's one day old. I did it yesterday for the first time. Uh -huh. I've been working on it for a couple of weeks. I knew there was some life to it. Yeah. And I sat down, I wrote it out, and I said, okay, I'm going to free ball this shit last what's, night. What's their process? I have, uh, over the last three or four years, four years, since, um, actually five, since I did my Comedy Central special in 2014, mm -hmm. I decided to change my process right before that because I decided that I needed to do more specials because I went from... I did one in 2009 that I really liked, then I did one in 2012 that I half-assed. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay. Because I wasn't doing, I wasn't at the store anymore, and I wasn't doing weekly sets. So then I realized, okay, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a very distinct process in terms of the, the work that you have to do. First of all, you have to go up a lot. Like, you have to go up at least three or four times a week. Yeah. Excuse me, three or four days a week. And I would like to go multiple times a night. And I like to go to different environments. Not just the store. I like to do the improv. I like to do the ice house. I like to do different environments. Mm -hmm. Then I have to write right. Like, sit in front of a computer and write. And I like to do it high, and I like to do it sober. I like to do it both ways. Got it. And uh, George Carlin had an interesting method that I, I think I'm starting to adopt, because I've been doing it a lot lately, mm -hmm. even though it's subconscious, where I write out concepts sober, and then I fire up. Then I spark up a joint, and then I go over it again when I'm high. Like, mm -hmm. the structure's already there, <clears throat> and then I'll start putting the funny. Then, after the writing part... There's like a lot of going over it and thinking about it. I try to give it a little life before I bring it to the stage. Then when I bring it to the stage, I write it out on paper. I have to write it out on paper because yeah. that's how I remember where my bullet points are. Then recording always and then review of the recording. Then rewriting after the review of the recording. This process is like, this is my process. Yeah. And when I do it that way, I feel better. I feel excited. Like last night I came home, I wrote till 2.30 in the morning. I came home at 12.30, I wrote for two hours. And by the time I'm like falling asleep in front of my laptop, I shut the laptop, I know I'm done. Yeah. But I feel good. Yeah. Like I'm getting it in. I know it's happening. Like this is all live shit. You're working I go to out. Bed. Yeah, and I yeah. go to bed, I feel good. I, f I go to bed, I'm like, yes. I'm like, this is alive. This bitch is alive. And you wake up and it's the first thing you think about. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I got this fucking. I got this new bit. Oh, ooh, ooh, yeah, let like me tag last that. night. I yeah, did it for yeah. the first time last night. And it did well at the comedy store, but then it crushed at the improv. I'm like, mm -hmm. woo, this motherfucker's alive. What, what was the bit? The bit is about old people people getting STDs at nursing homes. <laughs> but that, what the fuck, yes. That is a phenomenon. <laughs> it's a new thing. It's just, a new thing that's happening. Why not? I mean, it's exactly. fucking throw your dick around if you're 85 years old. Exactly. <laughs> because no one needs condoms. You ain't getting pregnant. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, but then there's this other bit that I'm working on as well that's a little bit older mm -hmm. about the the dude from the uh, uh, missionary that got shot up by the arrows by the uncontacted tribe. Of course, my people did that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what well, happens. Sort of, dog. They came from Africa. Yeah, step they up. They lived dog. in an Indian island. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, but the, they they immigrated from Africa sixty thousand years ago. That's uncontacted crazy. tribe. Uh -huh. But the point being that the process for me it, it's. The most important thing, I think, out of all this stuff, what it's really about is about focus and attention. Focus and attention, thinking about that. But the work, in terms of breaking it down, there's a, there's a bunch of things that I think comedians don't do that they really should do. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing is writing. 
actual writing writing like sitting in front of a computer or a notebook and writing yeah most comedians like to just have a bit and they work it out on stage and they know how it worked and then they improve it the next set and especially if you're doing like the New York City trip where you're doing like the cellar and then you're doing the stand then you're doing all these different sets all around town and you're doing little short 10-minute sets here and there like it's easy to just kind of keep working on it just keep working on it yeah. but I think that the it's critical to actually sit alone with the material and just look at it. Look at it and try to go, how can I make this quicker? Or what's a sneakier way to do this? Or what else is in this that I'm missing? And I think that for me, like I, I write now, like I just started doing, like I up until probably like a year ago, maybe eight months ago, I was of the brain where I was like, I'll write a note, I'll write a, a bullet lit, a bullet point or whatever, and I'll try to work it out. And then I'll write something that I think is interesting as a joke. But like I saw, you know, opening for Aziz and you know, working with Hassan, like working with people that, that are like crushing it, their process is like fucking, they're maniacs. When it, they're, like you, where it's just like, yes, I have a codified process. This is exactly how I'm going to do it. This is what's worked for like 10, 15 years, however long I've been doing it. And once I saw like that process, I'm like, oh, these motherfuckers, I think I work hard, but these guys work fucking crazy hard. And it's like sort of emulate that process of like, I got to set aside at least 20, 30 minutes a day where I'm like literally writing, even if it's the same thing over mm -hmm. and over, it's just like, okay, how can I fix this? This word doesn't need to be there. Like, and then I'll say it in my apartment to myself, like, and I'll try to do like how I would do it on stage. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm my comedy, I try to be conversational or at least make it seem conversational. So it's like, how can I seem relaxed while doing this, but still emphasize the right word for that's the punchline or whatever it is. Yeah. And now that process, like, and it's all repetition now. You got to repeat the process to make it a pro. Otherwise, this is a thing you did once. And so now that's that's what I'm starting to do now. Just physically fucking getting up and be like, okay, this I got to write this bit out. Even if it's a bit I've done like a billion times. Like there's something in there that I got to figure out. Yeah. Um, another thing to do that really works well to sort of get it in your head is a cork board. To have a big old bulletin board and put index cards on <clears throat> that are the titles of your bits. Mm-hmm. And then I would put like index cards underneath it that are like the bullet points of that bit. Oh, kind of like a storyboard for like a movie yeah. kind of and shit. Yeah, step back and look at them and then try to see if they make sense in order. Like maybe, maybe I should flip it around. Maybe I should do the bit about the guy getting bit by the dog before I do the bit about the monkey. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like, being, the difference between being bit by a monkey and a Well, it's <laughs> like maybe it's better to like introduce this d distrust of animals because in this way or, you know, who knows? It's... It's about attention, though. That's the thing. It's attention and focus. And these mm -hmm. guys that you're saying that work really hard, it's not a coincidence that those guys are killing it. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's something to it. And there's also the the recognition when you do start killing it, like, oh, shit, this is rare. Like, I'm in a rare spot. I'm filling it these gigantic places. Yeah. People are coming out to see me. I'm doing Netflix specials. You got to work harder now. Yeah. You got to keep it up. You got to keep it up. And you got to realize that you are, like, Bill Burr said something once that I think was really, really, really like dead on the money he said i know what it's like to be disappointed by someone that you go to see like you go to see a band he goes i remember going to see a band when i was a kid and they half ass it and you know, like you feel fucked over he goes i don't ever want to do that to my fans yeah i was like aha yeah that's it like realize that you used to be a fan and i'll think of your fans as like what you how you would experience you they don't want someone phoning it in yeah they, you know they, that's their night right 
That this, is their night. Yeah. They came out to see someone they love. And it's like, yeah. you got to fucking earn that love almost. Yeah. Yeah. No. And tickets are expensive and they had to work to get those tickets. And a lot of people are doing jobs they fucking hate and, and cutting back on other things to have enough money to go out and have a few drinks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, there's a, there's a responsibility to it. But there's also a lot of people that try to skirt that responsibility because of the pressure of that responsibility is kind of overwhelming. You think about it, it makes you nervous mm -hmm. and you just start, you fuck off and you half ass it. Like, I'll be fine. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That shit. That's, but that's like college, right? It's like cramming for tests. Yeah. It's like there's a lot of people that study all year long and there's a lot of people that half ass it up until the last minute and then they just try to shove it all in all at once. It's a weird kind of confidence that yeah. you need or or delusional. Delusional. D delusional confidence where you're like, ah, I'll be fine fucking. And I admit I've done that a yeah. few times where I've just been like, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll work this out. It'll be straight. But like the times where I've like fucking sat and been like, this is the bit I got to do. I got to make sure I hit it. To the point where I'll just bring the notebook on stage and just be like, okay, I got to make sure this, this goes the way I want it to go. This is an old expression, how you do anything is how you do everything. Or how you do everything is how you do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's there's something to that, too. There's, there's something to like not allowing yourself to think of yourself as someone who's a fuck-up. Yeah. Because as soon as you think, you're, oh, I'm just a fuck-up. You get that in your head, man. And, then, and that's like the default setting almost, where it's like, that's easy to do. It's Human beings are like... I think people are hardwired to work, but it's also very easy to just not do that and like believe that oh, it'll be fine or or I'll fuck this up like that. It's a pressure alleviator uh -huh. because you put these expectations on yourself of success and of and there's a lot of pressure involved in meeting those expectations. Yeah. And one of the best pressure relievers is just fucking up so you lower your own personal expectations. People drinking doing all that kind of shit well, just, like, just yeah. sabotaging your life there's a lot of people that will sabotage their life they start getting some success and then the the, the panic overwhelms them and they'll just start taking pills or go go fucking crazy oh, i'm gonna lose this i'm gonna fuck yeah. it up anyway yeah i know that mentality it's really normal yeah the, the psychological mind fuck that goes on when you're attempting to do anything whether it's stand-up comedy or i guess it would probably be the same with almost any art form Mm -hmm. You're especially open-ended art form where you don't have a boss who's telling you, "Hey, you know, Namesh, you got to get this fucking project in at three o'clock." Yeah, you know, like if that's the that's the crazy thing is like you forget like, or like what people don't know is that comedy is the most entrepreneurial endeavor there is. You fucking there, there's a, and that's why everyone thinks they could do it because there's no capital investment to fucking. It, it's all just mental investment and hard work. And well, everybody thinks they can do it because they do most of it. See, most of it is just talking. Yeah. So, like, I could talk. I could talk. How come I can't talk like that? I've made people laugh. I'm I can do it. I'm funny at the office. Dude, I'm funny all the time. <laughs> I'm going to do stand-up. Like, how many people have you heard say, I think I'm thinking about doing stand-up, and you're like, oh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> good luck, man. You know, because some people, I'm like, I know they have the work ethic to do whatever the fuck. They, if, like, if my friends were super successful in most other endeavors, like that they do, like finance or doctors or whatever, applied the same work ethic to comedy they might be successful if, yeah. if they're funny but a lot of people think they're funny and then just forget that fucking the work part where it's just like yo fuck this is slave shit you yeah. <laughs> ain't no one and, and there's no one whipping you the no only one no one but yourself yeah it's just yo get the fucking work done it's also you're the writer the producer and you're the actor 
You're the, the person who does the whole thing. The marketing expert. Yeah, you got to know. All the above. Yeah, it's all fucking you. It's a weird gig, and you have to be a self-starter, because if you're not the type of person that knows how to motivate yourself and get out of bed and get things done, you'll just fucking lay around till three in the afternoon, then you'll go eat a sub and have a cup of coffee, yeah. and, and then uh, yeah, my set's in two hours. I think I'm going to take fun. a nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you feel like you did something because you wrote some shit in your moleskin yes. right before you went up. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it was fine, man. I'm doing a lot of writing lately. Yeah. <laughs> one moleskin three years yeah, <laughs> yeah. fucking 10 10 words on it yeah yeah it's it's a there's not there's no fucking structure to it either in terms of like there's no education that you can get other than self-education you can't go to if you want to learn how to play the cello you can take lessons yeah someone will teach you how I mean, you, there's a real clear process between, you know, being uh, a symphony violinist, you know, like go, going to school, getting an education in music, becoming a symphony violinist. There's auditions. Being Asian. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to it. That is offensive. Get off the stage. You said something about an ethnicity. It must be bad. I mean, there's no real clear process to becoming a stand-up comedian. Right. It just Everybody's like, what do you do? You go to an open mic? figure it out yeah. you're on your own everybody just wants you to get it just tell me how uh you go from uh doing comedy to becoming a writer for snl is there a shortcut like what's <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, call this number yeah and say abracadabra this is lauren's number yeah you tell you tell him one joke and if he laughs you're hired it's dead yeah. <laughs> then you're in yeah yeah there's no there's no way to teach someone how to be a comic either. That's the other thing. Like the way you do jokes is different than the way he, Jamie would do jokes, or different than the way you know fucking Judah Freelander would do jokes. Everybody's different, man. Yeah. And there's no one, no one who's right. Like if you went over Judah Freelander's act and went, "No, nah, man, you're doing this shit all wrong." <laughs> <laughs> you gotta. These gotta have actual punchlines. Right. You're just saying a bunch of shit that's not true. Right. You gotta stop this. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, Judas is very fucking good. He's hilarious. He's the, the man. He's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But his act is uniquely him. Yeah, you, you could never teach anybody how to do that. No. Like that act, he had to figure that act out on his own. And he's developed it so well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah, I think like with comedy, the hard, the crazy shit is, is that everyone thinks they could do it in the sense that like, oh, I could tell a joke and I could, yeah. sure, a lot of people can tell a joke. My mom can tell a joke. My dad, everyone can tell a joke because it's written and shit, but it's so hard to cultivate who you are because that's, you're also doing that. Yeah. You're like trying to figure out, oh, I got a bunch of fucking insane shit in my brain and this is how I think it. I got to figure out how I'm going to say it. That's not necessarily how everyone else would say it, but this yes. is how I feel about it and I'm going to say it that way. And then you have to take into account the economy of words. You want to sneak it up on people. <laughs> you want to get the idea into their head before they figured it out on their own. Yeah. So like, boom, like it pops them like, ah, like that's right. Yeah. You got to, you want, it's like a little race. Like the, you have to figure out a way to introduce it in a way that's unique and captivating and entertaining, but also quick enough to get into their brain before they figure out where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the worst thing is when you see a guy on stage, you're like, oh, I know where this is going. Yeah. And then he gets there. And, and like, then a few people go, ha, 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 because they're fucking yeah. stupid. <laughs> what took so long, man? <laughs> I was there yeah. yesterday, dog. Yeah, I saw it coming from the moment you, unless they can say it and you see it coming and it still hits you because it's so good. It's so stupid. But that just yeah, has to I be really it. good writing and a good delivery and a good idea. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's also, 
on the other hand, I mean, we're talking about how hard it is. It's also the most fun shit of all time when it works. Oh yeah, when it like pops it. off. When you had a have a new bit. And you have the, that pause right before you deliver, and you're like, and I told him, that's not real. Mm-hmm. And then ever goes, bah! Oh, I got to hear the beginning of this. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like you, 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 you hit these punchlines, and the whole audience laughs and roars, and they're having a good time, mm-hmm. and it's one of the greatest feelings in life. It's because, because you... You know, but you don't know until it comes out of your mouth yeah. and you're like, oh, look what I did there. <laughs> well, it's also you're making people feel good. Yeah. Like there's something about looking out. You know, you go to the improv last night, there's 190 people in that room and you're looking out into the audience and all these people are having a great time. Yeah. They're laughing and having so much fun. Like, I got, got all your today. numbers. Yeah. I got all your numbers. You know what I mean? <laughs> got like your I, number. Yeah, you, I got feel you. Got you. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, sa- I know why you're laughing at this. Yeah. I know why you're not laughing at something. I know who you are, a little aspect of who you are yeah. because you're laughing at this bit and what you've been through. And you're giving them a, a good feeling. Yeah. You're giving them a good thing. It's a good exchange. Like they came to see you, like they sat down, they're, they're willing to let you talk in front of a microphone raised above them on a stage, yeah. right? This is a very unique arrangement in human beings yeah that this person like please welcome jamie vernon he goes up on the stage gets up there hey everybody and the like this is a it's an exchange it's a unique contract where you're like okay i'm gonna give this person who has a microphone 10 minutes of my time my precious time yeah and in that 10 minutes You've got to make me feel better about my life. That's yeah. not. That's nothing. Or escape my life, or whatever it is people are seeking. Well, you're making them feel like when I go to see a comic mm-hmm. and they they kill. Like say Dave Tell goes on stage and he's killing. I'm feeling better. Yeah. Because of his laughs. Yeah. Because of his jokes. When he's he's cracking jokes about things, I'm like ah. Like I feel good. It gets in your body. Yeah. Like he's they're giving you a little drug. Yeah, it's you know? fucking Yeah, I mean, we're drug dealers. Like if you could get a drug, if you could go to the 7-Eleven and it was an over-the-counter thing, Why you could be just 7-11, buy some Joe? laughs. Why are you saying 7-Eleven, man? I don't know. It's a convenience <laughs> store. That is that, that could have been a big faux pas. I'm offended. Right? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> store 24. I'll go back to Boston. Yeah. But if you you could buy something over the counter uh-huh. and it was a, a laughter drug, you could just take a pill and everything would be hilarious and funny. Mm-hmm. Like God, everybody would take that. Yeah, it's the greatest feeling ever. Mm-hmm. You you would laugh at something and you you think it's really funny and nothing happens to you. There's yeah. no negative side effects to nothing any. Happen, nothing your wrong. girl might be mad at you if you laugh at something you're not supposed <laughs> to laugh at. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. Man. You know when you see girls getting upset at guys laughing. My face because you could like. Like even last night, you could you could see the couples, and you tell a, I told a joke, and I could see what girl is looking at what guy versus what guy is just like laughing it up. You know, I, I I have a fiance now, but we got engaged like three or four weeks ago, and I do this bit about her where I'm just like, um, uh, one night she got mad at me because I closed the door too loud because she was sleeping and I was drunk and I came home and I just accidentally closed the door and I was like, that's how you like. The bit is, I say, um, you know, there's two ways to close a door as a man. There's a regular way, just close it, like you've been taught your whole life. And then there's another way. If you live with your girlfriend, you come home late, and she's sleeping, you got to turn the doorknob, push it into the frame, and then release it so it doesn't make a noise, or your relationship might end. And you see guys just go, <laughs> and girls going, we told you. <laughs> That's how you got to do it. I'm just like, that, to me, is like the best, where it's like, I know 
everything that these motherfuckers are going yeah. through in this fucking moment and they're and like they're gonna go home and talk about see i told you that the, the, the door shit was too loud or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know exactly. it's, it's that, like, that's the fucking that's my favorite part of doing any bit where it's like you could see a couple just react to some shit well i feel sorry for people that don't have a, a job where they can be creative mm -hmm. i really do i think whatever you're doing whatever it is if you're a, a person who enjoys creating things it's one of the most rewarding feelings of building something that wasn't there before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's there and you made it. It's like, there's, it's very hard to, like, completing a, an act. Like, if you, if you start a set, have you recorded anything yet? Like a special? Or? No, no, no. I, I did a, a spot on Seth Meyers in like July of, of last year. Or That's of this first, year. My first on first camera. On, oh, okay. On was TV. It, thing. Was, how was that? Was it weird? No, I mean I was, he seems like a nice guy. Seth is a man. I love Seth. I mean, I I met him before because at Update, so he came upstairs and like hang out. Would it come hang out with us? Um, the show itself was great. You know, the process with with uh, the Booker there was like very simple because they're like big fans of comedy. Like Seth is obviously a fan of comedy, and but the lady that books the show is also a big fan of comedy. So I was a bit nervous. Just come, it was like my first time going on in front of like millions of people or whatever. Whoever people watch Seth, and I was just like, I gotta make sure that my writing and my jokes come off as fucking strong as possible uh, and it went great you know there's obviously some people trolls like talking shit on youtube but for the most part everyone's like uh, oh, you keep reading those dog news. man <laughs> I, it's fucking it's so tough not to it's uh, it's so tough well you're smart with the thing that you're doing with the instagram where you delete it every day and then i, I can't re-download re it i gotta i gotta check like uh if anyone's hit me up for a, a gig or some shit but otherwise i'm just like i fucking hate just don't it. look at it man that's what i do mm -hmm. i just don't i mean you just develop habits yeah you know like but the problem is it's an itchy thing like you start you get itchy yeah. oh, let me check real quick yeah, just yeah. take those times and just go over your notes yeah when you get itchy and you want to look at your phone like who who said this someone said it someone said it really recently oh god i don't want to i want to fuck it up somebody said this in a tweet i want to say it was Ted Alexandro. Mm -hmm. No, Mark Normand. It was Mark Normand. He 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 went up after I did a, I did this I did uh, talking about Columbia at one night at the cellar and he went up after me and immediately goes, I don't know why they're writing Nimesh up now. He's been bombing for years. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> it crushed. It fucking of course it leveled did. the room. Norman's funny. Man. Oh, he's a man. But he uh, he did a joke about how checking Twitter is like opening up uh, an empty refrigerator and hoping that there's something new in there yep. and there never is. You just go, oh, fuck, let me check again. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's nothing in there. It's like that same feeling. I botched his joke. I ruined it. But I got it. <laughs> but that's yeah. yeah but that is really what it is. It's mm -hmm. this weird compulsion, this instantaneous gratification thing that you're getting off of some weird dopamine hit by by touching that device and and getting information to pop up. But it's not satisfying. There's right. nothing there. It's nothing yeah. there. You've been a, you ever been a safari? A safari? Yeah. No. Uh, in Africa, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. You got to go. I went. In April, I spent my, all my SNL money is gone on engagement ring and fucking and the safari. safari yeah, me, I spent, I mean, safari is expensive, and I, I I don't mean to sound fucking. Did you were you in one of those open air jeeps? Yo, you. It's like that's when up until like April. I went in April. I was just like, like not addicted to my phone, but like using it too much, more or less. But in Botswana, where we went, obviously there's no service or anything. I'm just like fuck this shit. And like the week 
even though just a week of not like being on this thing, I was just like, feel so much better. You're you you can think. Yeah. And like the whole time you're you're in an open air car and just like out and just like when's the last time you drove for like an hour and there was nothing but like noise or like animals and shit. You know what I mean? There's nothing but this like you the air and just like hanging out and just thinking shit. Yeah, um I hunt and uh every year mm-hmm. I do three or four trips uh-huh. where like for a week uh-huh. basically lost in the woods disconnected it's the best yeah it's the fucking it's, best but what's interesting even in the hunting world a lot of people are like instagramming while they're hunting and they're doing insta stories while they're out there in the forest yeah like, it's good when there's no connection when there's no service and no connection it's good you could just leave this shit away yeah. i broke my phone when i was in hawaii and I was there, uh, I was on Lanai, which is a kind of a remote island. It's hard to get things there. Mm-hmm. And so I um, I just kept dropping my iPhone. I dropped, dropped that shit like 10 times. And I dropped it, and it all just started making phone calls. Like, I would hold it up. It would just, I, go, I would open up my contacts and go, watch this. And I was showing my wife. It just starts calling people. Like, and, I, and you hang up, and it starts calling another person. You Great hang bug. up, it starts calling another person. Hang up. I just broke it. It was just jacked. And so <laughs> I... Uh, I had to order a new one. And then it got to a point where it wouldn't let me input my, my code and it wouldn't recognize my face. It was like it was dead. Uh-huh. It was like it was just fried. It took three days to get one. So for three days I had no phone. And it was great. It was great. I felt better. I felt better. Yeah. I was walking around. But then I was like, oh, I can't wait to get my phone. Yeah. But, like, but why? I, I feel good without it. Like, Every, you're around people you love, the people you need yeah. to reach. Like it's like yeah. What what you're not missing anything from the you're not missing anything, but you feel like you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I gotta check Twitter. It's like yeah, we'll I gotta, Instagram gotta go on Instagram. It's we're addicted to it to a point where it's like it feels like cigarettes in the fifties, where it's like no one. Here it is, Mark Norman. Social media is like looking the fridge over and over. You know, there's nothing good, but you check it so many times that eventually you start consuming things you don't even like. Yeah. Oh, even better. There we go. Start great, e- great eating tweet. Leftover 2, butter. Two thousand six hundred and thirty likes, son. It's going to go up a lot now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's and my real fear is that this is one stage of a complete connection to electronics and to each other that's uh, unhealthy and unproductive and unavoidable. Because I don't think that we're going to end with social media like Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. where it's like. You can just press a button and get it. It's going to be completely connected to your brain. Yeah. We're going to have that fairly soon. I feel like within the next 10 years, that's going to be a normal thing. that You could just pull up information instantaneously It's in your almost brain. like the, the phone, th- the, the watch thing feels almost like- Are you like, wearing a, a digital watch? No, this that's is- a regular watch? This is my dad's Rado from like 1980-something. So they make such cool digital watches now. Uh-huh. A lot of them look like that. Yeah, they they look cool now. Yeah, but it, that's I think the next step is like, oh, I mm-hmm. can just do this. I don't even gotta. What's the problem? You, it's like you can't reach in your pocket to check your shit. I got for, an iPhone watch, uh-huh. whatever the fuck they call that thing. I watch and uh, I wore it twice. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing with this thing? I don't even like it. Buzzes. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. This person texts me. You still got to fucking go on this thing to say. Yeah, I'm. Ra- this uh, it's enough. A phone is enough. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that's good for is your heart rate. It like monitors your heart rate when you run. Mm-hmm. It's good for that. It's good oh, for the wrist running. thing. Yeah, oh, okay, the wrist, cool. the watch, and, and it also logs the amount of time and miles that you put in, and your your heart rate variability and all that stuff. This is some good aspects to it in terms of a fitness tracker. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's like 
to what end? What are you doing? Yeah. Where's well, it going? I don't, I, like, I don't run, so lucky well, for me. When Elon was on the podcast, he was talking to me about his Neuralink thing that he's going to be coming out with. He said back then, and this was, what was that, three months ago? Yeah, somewhere around three months ago. He said that they were going to be coming out with it within four to six months. So that's any day now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the fuck this is, but he said essentially it's going gonna, it's gonna to open up the bandwidth between you and information. It's going to radically change the way human beings information, uh, it, it, the way human beings access information. It's like a, a internet thing? You wouldn't tell me. Oh my goodness. That's all he would tell. That's all he would tell. Neuralink? Neuralink, yeah. Because it's on, you know, we were on air when he was saying it. Yeah. But you, I oddly trust him to be a, a phenomenal, a, a net positive for the universe. Oh, 100%. You know, it's like uh, yeah. li like Zuckerberg and like other mm -hmm. times, like a net, that's a net negative force. <laughs> uh, like they yeah. are the reason, they are a lot of the reason why society has gone the way it has. Like, because you can confirm whatever the fuck. But Elon, I'm like, yeah, man, why not fucking build a car that you don't need any yeah. gasoline for? Why not fucking send shit to the space? Whatever. You know, like, yeah. I, I think he's a net positive force. <laughs> no, I'm 100% convinced he's a net positive. Mm -hmm. I think he's a legitimate genius, and I don't think there's 100%. a whole lot of them. Yeah. I think Mark Zuckerberg is a smart guy who's very ambitious. I think there's a big difference. Yeah. And what Zuckerberg's quote that I read recently that what's good for the world is not necessarily good for Facebook. I'm like, that's it. Shut it down. He said that? Yep. Wow. It's over. Dog. Burn it to the ground. Yeah, that's Pull funny. out. Pull out. Pull out. He's, I, I, what the fuck did you just say? Bitch, how much money do you have? Jesus First Christ. First of all, don't you have like $18 billion? How much more do you need, bitch? You're, you're sitting <laughs> over here talking about what's good for Facebook? It's not necessarily good for the world. You got all the good. You got all the good for 18 fucking hundred lifetimes. Yeah, Jesus Christ. He said that? That's he said crazy. That. Well, exactly. That my favorite Zuckerberg joke. Uh we were I was at we were at update and this is when Zuckerberg is uh uh being grilled by Congress. Yeah. And when he's sipping water like this. Yeah. yeah. And, and Chris Rock comes by and he goes, um, "You know what I didn't like about that trial? There's nothing worse than watching someone like being grilled by Congress when there's no stakes. Nothing happens to Mark Zuckerberg if even if this shit goes worse for him. You know, like the, right. nothing happens to that guy. Right. That's my fate. Like I'm just like you never think about it that way where nothing happens to him if if even if Facebook blows up. Well, here's what could happen. If Facebook intentionally colluded, uh -huh. if there was some sort of proof that they received some financial compensation uh -huh. to lean one way or the other. Is that is that what's happening? Could, it's percolating it, right now? No, but it could be. Uh -huh. This is what they were searching for. What they were searching for is what they were trying to find out how is it that these Russian bots are able to disseminate propaganda so readily and so easily and so efficiently. What are you doing to stop that? How is all this stuff propagated like where, where's this coming from yeah and the people that were asking were techno ignorant and that was part of the problem yeah the congress was like, so like, yeah. it was like um google makes the iphone right you see that <laughs> yeah. shit recently the fucking they're cool. asking google so how come my niece has got bad words on her iphone and then someone has to tell them google doesn't make the iphone and the whole place roars like bah! when you can get That's congress to laugh like everybody's laughing at what a fucking idiot you are yeah these are the people that are asking the questions that's terrifying exactly you, you know? would need you need people from like aris technica you need people from like you know uh cnet you need people from you need fucking 
techno guys. Yeah. People, men and women who really understand technology should be throwing those questions around. Asians. Yeah. <laughs> and, and people with autism. <laughs> you need people that really, truly understand what the complications are, yeah. what, what the ramifications are, and what they could have done to prevent these things. I think that what happened with Facebook and what's happening with Twitter and a lot of these other things is no one anticipated the impact culturally that they were going to have. The, yo, I was talking about this the other day about uh, with Sam Jay, like maybe a few months ago, about like how it's the democratization of information and how easy it is to pretend like you know what you're talking about. That's like the majority of the problem, like Facebook, Twitter, all this shit, because it used to be all you... You needed infrastructure to spread news. You yeah. needed a fucking truck. You need a <laughs> factory. Now you yeah. don't even need pants. You could just fucking, <laughs> you just got to put like a weird fucking eagle on your website. And it's yeah. like, this is the fucking news now. You don't even have to have a website. All yeah. you have to have is a popular Twitter account. Yeah, that's There's it. a lot of people out there that have popular Twitter accounts. And when you go to their Twitter account, and I, I, there's a, quite a few people that I follow that I don't follow. And what that means is I bookmark their page so that they don't even know that I follow them. Uh -huh. And then I because they're fucking insane. Uh -huh. I don't want them sending me DMs. And I'll go and read their stuff. And they are on there all day. Yeah, man. All day they're doing battle against the good and the bad, <laughs> the dark forces and the light. They're just fucking going after it. And they, they develop these sort of uh, news portal pages. Yeah. And you don't even know who the fuck these people are. You don't know anything about them, but their page, or it's all battling. And I know, I follow people that are like hardcore right-wing people mm -hmm. that are just battling the left. They're hilarious. It's they're like, so strange, They're so man. silly. And then I follow people that are hardcore lefties that are battling the right. And everyone's a Nazi and everyone's alt-right. Like you're all right for it. You could, it doesn't matter if you support every fucking yeah. single liberal principle there is. Every, you know, the craziest shit about this, this whole Columbia shit, is that I was featured on Breitbart. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> they finally like a brown dude. Ah! I'm like, I cannot be like. I got emails from people at Fox News, like, hey, do you want to come on this show? Well, they like that Dinesh D'Souza guy, right? Yeah, that that fucking. I I hate that guy. <laughs> I was about to say something bad. I just can't stand that motherfucker. Well, he's the only brown guy that made it through him in that world. Him and fucking Bobby Jindal. Like, they're trying, oh, to, they're right, trying right, to turn right. me into this motherfucker. I'm like, I'm not coming uh, on your fucking TV show so you can use me as your... See, everything's gone amok and PC... Put. I wish free speech was under attack because, like, some people need to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, there's too, there's too much shit. Everyone has a podcast, you know. Like, yo, know, so you, you don't deserve to speak a lot of times. It's fucking, it's I used crazy. To tell everybody to get a po to take, get a podcast, but mm -hmm. now I stopped <laughs> yeah. because uh, first of all, I don't think I don't think you can anymore. I think over the last like few years, it's gotten so saturated that it's almost impossible to break through. Yeah. On top of that, it's like some people. I don't want to. Yeah. You don't need a, everyone's opinion, right? About it, like you. You should have to fucking work to develop, to have the right to have an opinion about some things. Well, you should, you should definitely should have a good opinion. Yes. Like, it should be something well thought out. Nuance. There's no yes. nuance anymore right. either. It's cause, because everything's got to be black and white, especially with a lot of this younger generation where it's like, 
if something's not black and white, it goes fucking awry for them. They it, want it to be black and white, so they'll create a false narrative where it is black or white. Yeah. That's one thing that you see a lot today where people pretend that someone is something and they, they, they do this reductionist thing where they boil it down to one thing. Yeah. You know, he went on stage and said anti-gay, anti-black jokes at Columbia. This guy's a piece of shit alt-right fucking doorway. He's a portal. <laughs> yeah. I'm He's like, an Indian portal to the alt-right. That's who you think I am? As You're a magic carpet to the alt-right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I, wish I, could, I wish I could just be offended all the time. <laughs> yeah. You can see how very hard to hurt my feelings. Like, well, you're a comic. Yeah, it's, but like it's just so crazy. I don't Find me a comic. It's easy to hurt their feelings, and they fucking suck. They suck. Yeah, they have to. It's fucking. But what I was saying is like with this alt right shit is like everyone wants to put somebody in their own agenda. This mm -hmm. reductionist shit of just like yeah. this is how I feel about it, and look at the points that make me seem smart and correct about this. Yeah, and they're trying to do that online in front of everybody instead of like this internal examination of their actual feelings and how they really think about things and what whether or not they make sense or whether or not it's objective. Instead of that, they're broadcasting this in this sort of weird way yeah. that's at least partially intentionally deceptive. Like the the, the acknowledgement that there's some that it, there is nuance. Yeah. That there is, you know, it's life is fucking complicated. Yeah. And ideas are complicated, especially ideas in terms of you know when you when you're talking about this cultural sort of battle that's going on right now between i mean they're attacking people who are like clearly very left-wing but for not being left-wing enough and yeah it's, it's your, they're running out of targets i i they what bothered me was someone hit me up saying you haven't spoke out against the white supremacists and people that are harassing <laughs> uh this group and these this blogger that's going off like what it want. i'm like first like of course, I do not support any white supremacists or anybody fucking going after these kids for whatever reason. What it's kids like, are they talking about? The, the Asian American Alliance. Like, they, the Asian American Alliance posted some shit on Facebook, and, like, all these fucking crazy people have apparently been, like, talking shit to them. And I'm like, that's I don't condemn, I condemn that action. But second of all, does my mere existence not testify to the fact that i'm not uh, i'm not pro you're not pro white uh, yeah what the fuck look at <laughs> is my name nicholas patterson you know i'm, I'm yeah. fucking nimesh patel is the most indian motherfucking name i could think of and like like i'm gonna call up someone at the kkk but hey hey guys yeah i'm yeah, on your side yeah the, thank you um I'm that is hilarious that you have not denounced white supremacists so by your your they've decided that you haven't acted enough. Sometimes there'll be a story online uh -huh. and I'll get a tweet where someone say, your silence about this story is deafening. <laughs> I was like, what fucking story? I don't what? even, bro, I don't even pay attention to half the shit. I can't. Right. I can't keep up. I cannot. Like, I, someone had to tell me that that was happening before I was like, oh, okay, I, that's fucking whack. I'll, yeah. I'll respond some way. Also, I want to think about things before I respond. Yeah. You know, when uh, the Louis C.K. thing went down, I got a lot of angry tweets. One of them from a fucking journalist that I've done stories with. I've, I've done interviews with this guy before. And he was talking shit about comedians that have not denounced Louis C.K. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, I, just like you, don't know what really happened. Right. I don't know the whole story. Yeah. I know what he said, and I know what she said. And uh, the whole thing seems to me like a big old clusterfuck. Even, okay, let's let's put it this way. Like, he, like you can denounce 
his actions. If, if he said he did all the shit that he that he's yes. been, you, that's gross. Yes, and I think what he did was incorrect and wrong. But the fact that like he, you should denounce that he should uh, not be working again. I'm like, you forget. Well, I'm also a comic, and B murderers make parole, dog. Like yeah. the fucking you got. Where does it well, end? Almost. There's there's some things that you should be way more upset about. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Hastert, the guy who's the speaker of the house, who uh, went to jail for fucking kids, and uh, he molested a bunch of kids, and he only got 15 months. What? Yeah. That's I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, but meanwhile, everybody's ranting and railing about Louis C.K. Right. Not not that this d- diminishes what Louis C.K. did. Right. But I'm saying there's some real horrors in the world, mm-hmm. and to, to choose to concentrate on a comedian who asked women, "Can I jerk off in front of you?" They said yes, and he did it. Mm-hmm. He didn't hold anybody in a room against their will or mm-hmm. force them to watch him. Or it's just what he did was just gross. <laughs> And he stopped doing it like more than 10 years ago. Right. It's not good. But the, the fact that someone would think that I need to make a statement about it. Like, bitch, I don't need to make a statement about anything. I don't need to talk about anything, anything I don't want to talk about. Exactly. I, like, who are you? It's so quick. We automatically, uh, when I say we, I mean people at large, sort of assume the worst about a person immediately. I think it's also this social media thing. Yeah, it's. Like, I don't think it's they. They really assume that. I think they just have this opportunity to express themselves in a way that they're going to get a reaction out of you. Yeah, and this is the way to do it. I, I also, you know, what's crazy is that, like, I we've been harping on this this younger generation, but I've said some shit at like Seller and VU, like very anti-Trump shit, and people have been like, like one night at VU, the Sellers, one of their other clubs, I said. um Forget what I said about Trump. I, I basically fat shame him because I think he's a fat piece of shit. But like I said that in more articulate w- in a joke form, and some guy got up and was like, "Fuck this," and it just bounced. <laughs> and I'm like, "What dog? That, that's what you're mad about? You're not mad about the fact that he is that? That your president is a billionaire that doesn't use his money to just hire a personal trainer once in a while? Like an Adderall McDonald's diet is not the way you want your fucking president to be living his life, more or less." And this person just got up and bounced and was just heated. And I talked to him after. I was like, what? What, are you, what are you mad about? So I think it's just What this, did he say? He was like, I don't like the words that you were using. It's very crude. Where's he from? Nebraska? Florida. Ah! I, was just, <laughs> I was just like, look, man. I'm not, I didn't like the words you were using yeah, at the comedy it cellar. It was like vulgar. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, dog, like, come on, man. You're... Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like this fix is, like, just have a safe space for comics. We're, like, where there's a sign at the cellar now is a swim at your own risk. You coming down, like, we're, you're here to see us. I'm not here to fucking song, sing and dance for you guys. You guys are here. This is an exchange. This is an exchange. This is an agreement that all you have to do is not laugh or laugh. Well, it's also the people that are going down to see that stuff that like it yeah. expect you to do that kind of comedy. Right. They expect you to go hard. Right. That's what it's about. If I go there and everybody's pulling back, all of a sudden I'm at the Tonight Show. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm at, I'm at a Jimmy Fallon monologue. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I came here for. Right. I came here to have a couple of drinks and hear some crazy shit from Greer Barnes. Yeah. You know what I mean? The I, man. This, I, I want to hear some real stand-up. I don't want to hear this stupid shit. Right. And, you know, people that can't handle some offensive stuff, you shouldn't be at a comedy club. This is where people go to say offensive stuff. That's like you don't want dirt in your hands and you're in a garden. Right. Like, this is stupid. What? Like, manage some expectations. Yeah. 
You know, just walk like, hey. But people politically, man, when you get into their, you know, their team and you're shitting on their team, he's right. probably a Republican. Oh, of course. Probably I mean, has brain damage. He's living in Florida. There's <laughs> probably something wrong with him. Water's it. tough. Everything's. To, to me, it's like, it's like uh, uh, politically, like people are, are, are so like, that's part of their personality almost. Mm-hmm. Where like having, I, I've done a lot of political comedy, you know? And to me, it's like when you do that, you're t- almost talking to them as as if their politics are their person. Like, mm-hmm. th- like, and that's the kind of crazy thing. Like, I don't. My politics are not necessarily who I am as a human being. Like, I can. I'm pretty liberal when it comes to social issues, but f- might fairly conservative when it comes to financial issues and fiscal issues. I'm just like, th- don't take what who I voted for to be who I am as a human being. Like this. No one has that nuance anymore about anything. Yeah, it's an identity issue. People find whatever team it is, whether it's progressive yep. or conservative, and they just decide this is my identity, and they cloak themselves in it, and then they defend it. And some someone that some like yourself is saying jokes that are contrary to that. Yeah, I just can't about, handle it. I am talking shit about their quarterback. You know yeah, what I mean? Quarterback. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that quarterback is about to get fucking popped. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Get pulled off the field. Jesus Christ, man. It's, every day, it's like, he's still there, huh? Dude, still yo, there. I've never, the fucking last two weeks, I've never, like, wanted more, like, Trump to say something wild just so people would stop fucking, just so I'd stop seeing emails and fucking new Google alerts about Nimesh Patel, whatever. Just yeah. like, Trump, let, fuck, look, this guy's crazy, man. Well, you shouldn't be Googling your name, first of all. You I definitely de- shouldn't be reading that stuff. I deleted yeah. the Google alerts. Good. I deleted all that <laughs> shit. But yo, you know what's crazy? My mom, once my once my mom, I didn't even tell my parents that that shit happened. Uh, what they heard? My, my dad works at a liquor store and someone came in with a copy of the post and be like on the second page is me <laughs> it's like that's your son right and i was like oh fuck and then what uh, did the post say are they talking shit about you or no they it? were they were like can you believe these fucking pc yeah, yeah. kids good and then Dude, uh, you're winning here and then uh and then and then i was like it was still dead because up until that point everyone is sort of like it's more just like the pushing the narrative that everyone's kind of soft Right. Thursday morning, uh, like four day, five days after it happened, I got a text from Lenny Marcus at like eight o'clock in the morning saying, "Hey man, you're trending on Yahoo." <laughs> I'm like, "I'm trending on Yahoo." You're trending. On I'm Yahoo. number one on Yahoo News Thursday wow. morning, and I'm like, um, and then like that day, my mom texts me saying, "Hey." What happened at Columbia? I said, I didn't get in. That was the only thing I said. And then she calls me and she's like telling me like, what did you do? Is your career okay? I'm like, I'm fine. These kids, they, they didn't like the joke I said. And like, I didn't, the real I didn't tell them is that it's so that even for them to get stand up has been such an uphill battle. For uh, your parents? Yeah. Just to be like, what are you doing? Up right. until like for the two years that I was like unemployed and like living at home and going to the city every night because I'm from Jersey. So I'll go to the city every night to do stand up. They're like, what the fuck is, what are you doing with your life? You know? Right, right. And so even up until like, they didn't come see me until like seven, seven years in. That's good. Yeah. That's good. You can get your legs under you. Yeah. I, that brought him to the cellar. It was dope. You know? My parents came to see me like a year in. They oh, still shit. think I suck. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. <laughs> Man, you can't do that, dog. 
Uh, they yeah. can't see me. <laughs> like, they oh. can't see us. Still doing open mics, man. Joe, we're gonna uh, fix your room up again. <laughs> you know, <like>, <laughs> what are you doing? Clean the basement out. This is not gonna work. Yeah, but so when my mom saw it, she called me and she's like, "What happened?" I'm like, "My career is gonna be. Fun. Don't worry about any of that kind of shit. Better than ever. Yeah, this is a boost, mom. But, yeah, this is this is this would be a positive thing that happens. It's, I'm going through some shit now, just from like fucking my own hoisted by my own petard situation, like reading the news and all this kind yes. of shit, but. This would be a positive thing. And like, I didn't expect them to sign a codec. They got it in that. I was like, that's the end of That was just like the facts of what happened. Well, you've got some things on your side. You've got like tangible success to yeah. the point where like, oh, it seems like have got some momentum there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard to stop that train with anything other than a real catastrophe. Oh, yeah. I mean, they also know that I haven't. They all. It's also very apparent in uh, every article that was like printed or whatever that most people are on my side so to speak and i'm a hundred percent confident i did nothing wrong right from a huge as a human being or a comic you know yeah like maybe reading the room would have been a thing i did but i was like i was like i know these people these are my fucking brethren like i yeah i, I like i fucking took calculus with you people like i i know <laughs> i know the kind of shit that me as and my asian friends and my indian friends would talk when we were in fucking school like this right. i'm not this is fucking yeah, yeah. light work right right and so so maybe that but even that i'm like no fuck that i'm not gonna fucking uh think about that going awry you know what i mean but yeah it was it it was crazy yeah it's it's an educational experience and a net positive overall, yeah. without a doubt. And it, it also gives us an opportunity to make fun of these kids, which I think <laughs> they need. They need to realize that yeah. the world thinks they're fools. Yeah. Like, and, and I and I really believe that all. I've read several articles on your case, your situation, rather your <laughs> <My> case. case. <laughs> you, got, you caught a case. I got comedy me too. You know, all <laughs> the all the articles that I've read were all essentially positive. Yeah, and they were all you know mocking these fucking little children i want to i want to say for the record that I this is on the record i still think that it was i still think that the, it's like the minority of that group especially yes. at columbia for sure i'm sure you know like it's just that they happen to like because a majority of those kids were like amped and like had a good time and even that, if that can happen though where some majority a majority can like you and a minority can stand up and then the majority doesn't do anything about it they yeah. just go what that should hurt my feelings <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Those yeah. kids, those kids saying like, "Let them stay, let them stay," but it wasn't like a chorus, which is mm, which I would have right. hoped. But um, you yeah. know, they're little fucking babies, and they need to hear it. They need to hear the little babies because that's how you grow up. You know, you you do something ridiculous, and then people criticize you, and then you realize, oh, I'm kind of ridiculous. Yeah, let me just check myself. Then it hurts your feelings, and you fight it off for a little bit. You try to pretend, you battle it, but overall, over the course of time, you're right. gonna absorb that information and hopefully those kids are going to grow and mature yeah i mean i have friends that were like completely progressive weirdo crazy off the charts like activists 10 years ago mm -hmm. and now they're like way way mellow and they've just like what was wrong with me i was <laughs> virtue signaling i was trying too hard and they realized like a lot of what they were doing was just wasting energy and it was just it's just a lot of angst and a lot of just trying to trying to affect change in order to make themselves feel better. Yeah. You know, I mean, trying to push buttons in mm -hmm. order to validate their existence. That's what a lot of that, that, that specific incident felt like was like, it was either like, a, no, we have an opportunity to assert our sort of rightness, mm -hmm. however wrong it is 
here and like this is we're gonna take a stand and yeah this is who we i'm like yo just just chill yo just relax <laughs> chill yeah. the fuck out what the fuck yeah it's there's a lot of foolishness but this is the world we live in and i think there's a big part of that accentuated by the fact that we have a maniac for a president yo yeah that's that, that's that what it is because they feel like that evil needs to be combated at every turn because we didn't before and we let this guy get into office and now here he is and the Mueller probe and all this fucking craziness. When, how, how when Obama was president, shit felt a lot cooler. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, we're we going to be fine. Yeah. And now it's like Trump is president. Everyone was like, oh shit, man, bunker down. Well, you, now we realize all you have to do is be popular and you can be president. Like, that's insane. Yeah. It used to be you had to be qualified. We used to think that you understood national policy, foreign policy. You understood defense you understood exactly what's going on with the economy the basic english yeah you know that guy doesn't know <laughs> shit he's, he's just trying to make money yeah and wouldn't you love to be a fly on the wall i would because what we're getting all the crazy is him when he knows cameras are on him oh yeah i would love to see what he's like alone like what he's i would love to see him like watch fox news i'd like to like just sit power next eating to cheeseburgers just fucking cra <laughs> he's a crazy person yeah it's really weird, man. It's it's unnerving. And yeah. that's what I think like what a lot of what we're seeing on especially with this particular thing is the thing where it's like you you don't have control in any other facet of your life necessarily. Yeah. So you're going to try to exert it in a way that you think is positive when it, in fact you're doing the opposite of what you your your liberal sensibilities are. Yeah. You know. I think it's also a trend and I think um that political correctness and it comes in waves and it, it existed it was pretty pretty strong in the 80s you know like political correctness was washing over people in the 80s and yeah they're the trying to destroy and rap and shit yeah and it's coming back and it'll go away again people get sick of it and it'll be ridiculous and people will rebel against political correctness and it but i think overall the culture is trying to adjust it's trying to self-adjust we're trying to the the actual culture the, as a whole is trying to eliminate racism and eliminate sexism and eliminate bias. Which are good, noble yeah. goals. They're good, noble goals. Right. But along the ways, you have these polar extremes of people that are doing it wrong. Poor execution. Yeah. Terrible yes. execution. Terrible and, understanding. And it's also strange to me. It's like, what utopia are you trying to create by silencing stuff? Because just because you do that, just because you say, oh, you can't say racist shit doesn't mean it goes away or you can't say sex shit doesn't mean it's a that's more like you're treating the symptom and not the disease right but in their defense you're talking about a very specific platform right mm -hmm. this is a stage if you had actually said something actually racist right. then it would make sense that hey we don't want anybody telling racist jokes 100% right yeah so they but they wanted it to be racist yeah that's the thing <laughs> it's like yo just fucking take a yeah. minute take a second to relax and well, what I get it is that what utopia have you read about that's ever been real? Like every book we read in high school, or college, Brave New World, Lord of the Flies, 1980, or Animal Farm, like The Giver, which we read in fucking middle school. That's all a utopia, but there's, fu there's fucking killing babies in them. You know it what I mean? It all goes south. Yeah. All of it. It's yeah. all a fucking false utopia kind of situation. There's, 
there is hate speech in the world. 100%. And, you know, you don't want it on your platform. But you got to decide what is hate speech. When is it really hate speech? And when is it just ignorance? And sometimes the best way to combat bad speech is to let that speech play out and let good speech overwhelm it with logic and reason and, and a better argument. I mean, right. That's, that's, that's really what freedom of speech is supposed to be all about, that we work all this out. As soon as you start censoring voices and telling people that you're not going to allow them to talk, boy, you, 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 start, you create this atmosphere where you can start to choose what you're going to allow through and what you're not going to allow through. And then you're going to start censoring things that are far more subtle. You're going to start censoring things that, you know, they don't seem reasonable, mm-hmm. but you've decided that it's already okay to censor. So you've censored this person. Now you're going to censor the next worst thing. Right. And then you're going to go down the line until it's just people that disagree with you. And then you're like, oh, well, my world is perfect now. Yeah. When in fact, it's actually just a bunch of people that are talking shit about you. You, you just don't happen to know about it. Are you familiar with, with what's going on with Patreon? With uh, no, with that, there's like, and that's like the bunch podcast of, pay for them thing, or you can pay for shit with Patreon, or well, y- yeah, you can pay for things, but it's uh-huh. not necessarily just for podcasts. But people do use it for podcasts, but uh-huh. they use it for many things. Okay, but there's this guy, um, his name is uh, Carl Benjamin, and he goes by the name of Sargon Ar- Arkad, and he considers himself a what do you call a classic British liberal, okay, which is more leans more conservative than our idea of what a liberal is. But essentially, it's more of a, like a libertarian toward. What, how would you, how would you describe a classic British liberal? Like, what would be the the definite? Like, Google that. The first of their name would be Carl Benjamin. I mean, that's a yeah. strong name. Well, Sargon <laughs> of Akkad is his uh, his screen name, and he has a YouTube channel, and uh, he said something on a podcast, not even his own. He was a guest on another channel. And he said something about white supremacists. He was talking about these white supremacists that are acting up and doing all these horrible things. And he said, and this is, it's a poorly formed thought. But what he essentially said was, you guys are being niggers. Oh he my says, you God. act like white niggers. This is his word. Jesus. See, see, this is what he's saying. You're acting like a bunch of niggers, just so you know, you act like white niggers. I'm sorry if you heard that word and it's offending you right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just reading. Uh, said, exactly how you describe black people acting is the impression I get dealing with the alt-right. I'm really, I'm just not in the mood to deal with this kind of disrespect. So that's what a very, fuck? very, sh- it's a very poorly thought out way of expressing himself. Uh-huh. Um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm reading this and I think also... Sometimes people like using that word to shock. Yeah. And they think they can get away with it. <clears throat> and, you know, when you're using it. What's this? What's this in? Con- what's the context of this? Like, well, what? here's it. But he also said here, look, you carry on, but you don't expect me to have a debate with one of your faggots. Like, why would I bother? Okay. Now that is more egregious. Right. Because that is, I mean, and if you're, you're, you know, we're just dealing with censoring words. There's not, he's not using that saying you're acting like the way you call gay people. Right. You know, he's not saying that. He's like calling someone a gay slur. Yeah. And he's saying it again and again. So this was just what they had decided to use. Now, I don't agree with any of these things he said. This, when I'm reading this, I'm like, this is, these are poorly thought out arguments. This is a poorly thought out sentence. Uh It's not well, just stop scrolling there for a second. Put that back up. It's not. It's not well thought out. Not at all. It's not good. So they've, but this has, 
nothing to do with his Patreon page. This doesn't even have to do with his his channel. This is something he made this comment as a part of a longer, wide ranging interview with a YouTuber named Michelle Caitlin. Uh, and you, Catlin, and you can uh, watch the full interview on this. It says chatting with Sargon of Akkad about the liberalist community. Um, so he, you know, it was free flowing, mm. and he he said a bunch of really stupid things. That, but what he was trying to say is that these people are behaving exactly the way they do when they try to say racist things about black people yeah essentially they're behaving exactly the way they're describing yeah. race in a racist way 100 percent. yeah it's just not well thought out i mean but, this guy needs a class and how to fucking be articulate i mean jesus christ but that's that's what i'm getting from this so yeah. patreon decided to remove him because of that uh-huh. and there's many people that feel like that's not exactly why they did it, that they were looking for an excuse, and it's really because of his anti-liberal bias. So they, well, a lot of people are disgusted by the idea that Patreon is now censoring voices and the deciding who should or should not be able to receive donations from their fans mm-hmm. based on their own personal political biases. So this is the argument now. And it's uh, it's an interesting thing that's popped up because people like Sam Harris, who is very left, I mean, he gets accused of being all right, which is kind of hilarious, uh-huh. but he's very progressive and, you know, he's a public intellectual and he's decided that this is a, a moment where he is going to pull his Patreon account down because he doesn't like the way they are choosing to censor people and deplatform people based entirely on something that has nothing to do with anything he's done on their platform and has something to do with something that was out there on on another channel. So it's one of those weird little battleground situations. But do you think like uh, that Patreon is a private enterprise, right? Yes. So they can do whatever the fuck they want. Essentially, they can and did. Uh So then people can decide that they don't want to deal with Patreon because Patreon doesn't support free speech. Uh So because free speech... The argument would go that free speech is not just supporting speech that you agree with. True free speech is letting people express themselves. Now, the way he expressed himself there, not very good. (laughs) Clumsy. Right. Right? Heavy. That's an understatement. Yeah. Yeah. Like, your thoughts on it. You've never seen this before. No. What are your thoughts on it? I'm like, dude, I mean, it's such a – that choice of words is Mm -hmm. such a way to just – if I'm if I'm person reading that, I'm like my immediate my eye goes. You said what? You can't like it's such an offensive word where you right. can't even go there. It immediately distracts from the point that yes. you're trying to make. So that's a good way of putting it. You know, it's it's such like a you just need you need like I don't think that guy. I don't know if he's racist or not, but like I don't think he is. But your immediate reaction is like this guy. You can't do that. It's right. like you have. You have fundamentally destroyed whatever point you were trying to make because of your choice. It's like uh, you could be trying to save I, – I can't think of the analogy now. But, like, it's it's such a distracting choice of words. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. You know? Yeah. It's like you, He could have said – and, uh, by the way, like all conversations, including this one, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm trying to formulate these opinions on the fly. So are you. Yeah. That was what he was doing on the fly. I don't think this is anything he prepared. 
So I think. Damn, dog. You mean that wasn't vetted? <laughs> oh, dude, he's gone over that with a fucking highlighter. <laughs> yeah. These are the key points he wants to hit on. Oh, There's been a few websites. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know. I was trying to look up the ones exactly, but I know, for instance, on Twitch uh, in the last year, they've changed things on the terms of service that kind of what you do broadly yes. affects what you do on anyone's account. The problem with that, what you're just saying right now, is the guy who's the CEO of Patreon actually went on Dave Rubin's show, The Rubin Report, and said that they're only concerned with things that happen on Patreon, and that that's what they focus on. Then they changed that after this, because here's the problem. Like, I see their point with this this particular thing that this guy said. I see how they find that offensive, and if that becomes a thing that he does more than once— and becomes a thing that he, he uses that all the time and uses yeah. that kind of that kind of language in that context a lot. It's like, hmm, this is not. It's clunky. It's not. It's not a wise choice of words. It's 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 sloppy and it's it's kind of lazy, right? And also, it's kind of racist. Yeah. But it's why is it racist? Well, it's racist because what he's doing is attacking people who are racists. By saying, and he could have done it this way, right? He could have said, you people rally on about black people and call them this, and you say they're doing that. This is what you do. Right. You are exactly what you're, the only thing that's missing is that you don't have the right pigment to, to receive your own hate, your right. own self-hate. Right. But you're doing the very things that you accuse, that you, in a racist way, accuse black people of doing. It's stupid. The, but, but it's... To, to, the way to combat that, I don't – when you start censoring people and taking away their ability to make a living by expressing themselves, I just don't think that's the way to go because you're just going to receive backlash. And you, that's – That's the thing. It's one of those that's, – that's one of those instances where it's like you've said a trigger word that is clearly a trigger word. and yes. And what you just said is the way he should have said what he wanted to say. Right. In, in hindsight, if you gave him an opportunity, like you say, hey, Carl, here's a time machine. Right. Go back right before you said that and say it again. What? I was going to say, on Patreon, though, like, I, I'm reading their stance on it. Mm -hmm. As a website, they don't host anything. So, right. like, to say that it's something that's happening No, but on they do Patreon. host blogs. Like, sure, yeah, Jordan no, Peterson but, wrote a blog on Patreon. But that's what most of their content is, is links from other websites. Yes. <clears throat> so, yes. like, they, they have to take into account what you're creating as a creator. Anywhere, almost. Right. This all, isn't even, even him making. as a creator, though. This was him, a guest on someone else's show. Mm -hmm. So this is not something he, that's his own content that he put out. There's, there's stances that he collaborates with other creators, and mm -hmm. this, this would be considered a collaboration. Yeah. As I, a YouTube I creator, it. I guess. You know. I see that point. Um, I do not think that it's a wise thing to censor him, though. Do you? Uh, Get that motherfucker a PR coach, dog. Well, Jesus yeah. Christ. At the very least, maybe that this is the first stance, which I think they're saying it is, uh, definitely a warning or maybe a. But here's uh, the thing, man. Here's the ban, thing. Temporary ban. Maybe. What he? But here's the thing. What he does is he's uh, he's he's a commentator. He sees life and he talks about it. And I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and it's very good. He's a he's a smart man. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's very good. This is not very good. So the right way when it comes to these things is let the people who contribute to his Patreon decide 
that they don't like what he's doing, so they're no longer going to subscribe. That's the correct use of the platform. Right. The platform exists because people who are fans are able to contribute. That I say, Namesh, I really like what you do. I'm going to send you $100 every month. And if someone wants to do that, they can do that. And there's a lot of people that do do that. When you say something that makes them offended, that makes them realize you're sloppy with your words, that makes them feel like you're a fool, they go, you know what? I'm not sending that fucking guy money anymore. Yeah, let the and marketplace then, talk in boom, that sense. And yeah. then they pull back. If he lost 30% of his market because of that, and then a bunch of blogs are written about how stupid what he said was. That's the correct response. Correct. I think. I don't think – but the problem with pulling out is then guys like Sam Harris are pulling out, and they've lost somewhere around 20% of all their Patreon accounts because of this. Oh, shit. Because there's been a backlash. And by the way, a backlash that's primarily coming from people who don't agree with what that guy said, mm -hmm. but do agree that it's a very slippery slope to start censoring people. That's a good moral stance to take. Yeah. It's like, I, it's like kind of like, I, I forget which political figure said it. It's like, I do not agree with what you're saying, but I will die, defend. Fight to the to death, the death for your ability to say your ability it. to say it. Yes. I think that's it's important because the only way that ideas get worked out is through discussion. And as soon as you silence voices, then you no longer have that discussion. Now, to YouTube's credit, he's still up on YouTube, mm -hmm. okay? Because this was a, a talk that he had that's available on YouTube. You can listen to it on YouTube. He still has his YouTube account, mm -hmm. and he's still able to, you know, the, some, one of the things that we're seeing with deplatforming is it's sort of a cascading effect. So dominoes. Twitter takes you down, and then Facebook takes you down. Who, and who was a guy, uh, not Limbaugh, but some other right-winger that got... Like uh, said some shit and they Gavin McGinnis, yeah, they the took, Proud Boys guy, they took him off of everything. Yeah, he's off of everything. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's that. And with him, it's even. But I mean, was he? He's like a hate speech guy, isn't he? He's like fucking inciting violence and whatever. He definitely did incite violence in that he wanted these Proud Boys to fight against Antifa. And he felt like the Antifa people were thugs and that they showed up at conservative events and mm -hmm. they threatened violence. And then he wanted the Proud Boys to fight them. I actually had him on my podcast long before any of this shit went down mm -hmm. when I didn't even know what the fuck the Proud Boys was. And I was asking him. Uh -huh. I knew him as the co-founder of Vice. Right. And I know, knew him as what I would basically say is he he was essentially... He was a shit talker. He was a provocateur. Mm -hmm. He was a, a clever provocateur. And he was a, kind of a funny guy. Like he came, the last time he came on the show, he was dressed like Michael Douglas from Falling Down. Mm -hmm. He had the fucking briefcase and everything and the crazy tie. And yeah, I mean, he's do, but he did it on purpose. He said he's dressing like Michael Douglas from Falling Down. Like he's, he's a guy who would trick people into coming in and talking with him on his YouTube channel. And they thought that he was liberal or progressive. And then he would, you know, he would basically talk them into a corner. You uh, know, like some Sasha Baron Cohen bore yeah. that shit or Ali G. You know, in a way, yeah. He was doing a lot of that. And there was some of it was very clever that uh -huh. he was doing on his YouTube channel. Then he got into this whole Proud Boys thing and we there's a video you can watch the bizarre origins of the Proud Boys from a podcast that I did with Anthony Cumia from Opie and Anthony. Okay. And he explains how the Proud Boys initially were just a joke. It's it's a it was literally a joke, uh -huh. and they did it to make fun of a guy that was one of the what was he one of their interns? I think so. That sounds yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 
It's kind of a crazy story, man. And then that shit took a real life of its own, and now they're fucking junior exactly. KKK kind of yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. They they be, they all of a sudden it got away from them, and they became an organization where you could just join. So all these people joined, and then they act as a proud boy. And they were beating people up and all this other crazy shit. And he doubled and down on, on that. He got out. He huh. quit. He denounced his position. In the pr- he realized like his life is falling apart. Yeah, he was being labeled as. You know, so they were. He, they falsely claimed the FBI labeled them as a hate crime, but they didn't. But the Southern Poverty Law Center did label them as a hate crime, and mm-hmm. sev- several other organizations did as well. But the Southern Poverty Law Center, they've, they've have some pretty crazy shit that they've said as well. Okay, they're a serious uh, liberal progressive organization that occasionally oversteps the boundaries of logic and reason. <laughs> they, but he, what he did was start an organization, and I had a joke about about vegans. My joke about vegans was the problem with vegans is the problem with any other group. If you get a group of 100 people, what are the odds that one of them is going to be a fucking idiot? Right. Well, that's 100%. Right. Right? If we're being like really charitable, one out of 100 is a fucking moron. So if you get a group like vegans where just anyone can join and you have – there's 300 million people in this country. That means there's 3 million fucking idiots that's generous. And a lot of them are vegan. <laughs> and this, this, the joke was that the problem is not the actual people with good ethics and morals that don't want animals to suffer. The problem is you let a bunch of people with no identity join your gang. Right. And then they become a part of this plant-based gang. This is the same thing with the Proud Boys. I think some of them probably went into it thinking it was a goof. And they were going to go there, and they thought these Antifa assholes, these 90-pound dorks swinging bike locks at people and calling everybody a Nazi and a fascist and trying to shut down every single conservative speech that was at any, any sort of university. Mm-hmm. These people were preposterous. They were calling Ben Shapiro a Nazi. He's a fucking Jewish man mm-hmm. who wears a yarmulke. I mean, it's crazy to call him a Nazi. It right. is completely insane. Yeah, some but he's pe- conservative. The, the alt-right and the alt-left almost, right? Yes, exactly. And so their idea was to have something that would be there to balance out the alt-left. And it got out of control. And yeah. so he denounced it and he stepped away from it and pulled away. But it's too late. Because he's now what you said. See, you don't know him, but you said he's the hate speech guy. Uh-huh. You said he's that guy. He's that hate. That's how everybody's going to see him. Right. So like, if you found out your sister was dating him, you'd be like, what? You're dating the hate speech guy? Like, that's who he is. And you'd be like, no, 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 it's not that. It's like it got away from him. It just, it became this, it wasn't him anymore. With all these people that joined that were actual racist, too late. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Too late. There's no room for that in this world. I'm out the game. Yeah. Yeah. So... Any, all these other groups had, once he started getting deplatformed, these other groups got pressure to deplatform him mm-hmm. because they said, Hey, you keep the hate speech guy? You're telling me the hate speech guy's on YouTube? And they're like, Fuck, okay, we got to take him off. And so that this domino effect does seem to take place. So with this Sargon of Akkad thing, though, it doesn't seem to be taking place with him because people are examining what he said. And they're saying, Well, this is a sloppy use of these words. It's not wise what he did, but I do not think he's a racist, right. and I don't think he was promoting racism. What he was doing was he was using words poorly, awfully. But yeah, I mean, but that's I, what he's guilty of. Yeah, the, but that's the, I mean, that's a that's a good sign he's not being deplatformed. Then if like pe- like if people are taking a beat to realize like like oh, 
I don't hate gays and blacks. Like that, yeah. that's that's the point that the whole this whole thing has been a lesson in patience, and that's good to hear that. Like this guy is being afforded some patience about. But what, in their defense, he's already been kicked off of Twitter. Uh-huh. He'd been kicked off of Twitter before. I don't know what for though. Do you know what he got kicked off of Twitter for? He got kicked off of Twitter previously, so he already had that scarlet mark. You know, there was got already. It. People are already looking at him. You mean he's been inarticulate on Twitter before? No <laughs> way. Go get on. <laughs> I don't know what he had done. Uh-huh. If he had, they had determined that he had harassed somebody. Uh, What's that? I guess this could be a new account. I guess he's on it right now. Is it a new account? It might be. How many t- followers does he have? Thirteen thousand. Yeah, it's probably new. He mm-hmm. had a lot more than that. He must have. Uh, I wonder if he started a new oh, account. No, I, got I see here permanently banned account. Let's see. Yeah, he's permanently banned. This is in <laughs> April of 2017. Oh, so it's pretty old. Isn't that funny? April of 2017 is millions of years ago now. Uh-huh. The news cycle's so fast. It's too fast. It's weird, right? It's it's, Dude, I'm telling you, when I was at the show, it was like a story would be hot Monday morning, and then Tuesday morning is like, what happened? No, no yeah. one gives a shit. No one gives a shit. That's one of the more interesting things about this whole Trump story, with the, especially the Mueller probe, mm-hmm. is that there's been so many of those quick stories that have just piled up. Like, you remember that family where the, the son died in Iraq? and uh, Yeah, and he didn't... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. He was... He'd said something. He had mocked... Somehow or another mocked the family. And people were like, this guy... And be, and a lot of people thought that was going to be the end of him. And it's just like these things sort of pile up. Oh, the uh, the Pakistani American. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. And there's been so many of those stories that, but cumulative, they they are they are starting to it, pile. It's, it's just little too much. It's little drops that are coming. Yeah. He take he can he's been able to sort of roll with those punches and just sort of slide them off, kind of. But I, this Mueller thing, what I really like about the Mueller thing is that it's been a real slow build and you get little hints of what's going on, but it's been like the, you know, we were talking about this at the show while I was there. It was just like, FBI don't fucking, they build a case. Yeah. They take their fucking time and they got all the time and money in the world to build. And when they come, they don't come light. Yeah. It's not like a, they come a heavy, they're the they're knocking on doors. They're coming a hundred deep, and that's what's. It's going to be zero to six, a uh, hundred, like yeah, like that. And that's going to be interesting to see what happens. Especially Mueller. You look at that guy. That is a calculated assassin. That is. I mean, a, he is taking his fucking time. That's got to be killing Trump. He doesn't take shit. And that the beauty with it, Mueller is that you know he's an independent guy. Yeah. He don't take shit from nobody. Well, the crazy thing was that Trump was. Literally considering firing him. Yeah, but everyone's like, someone was like, "Hey man, you you cannot do that." <laughs> <laughs> that's the one. You cannot do that. Well, that. When he fired Comey, that's when I realized, like, whoa, like this guy could just do that. He could just fire the head of the FBI. He's just testing. He's just. Can I do this? Yeah. Can I get rid of the attorney general that I think was supposed to be on my side? But then, sessions. Yeah. Yeah, but he finds out. Oh no. Jeff is also as racist as he is. Is a man of high ethical standards when it yeah. comes to like I'm not gonna fucking do. I'm I may hate uh, minorities, but I respect the law. <laughs> you know, like that's that's Jeff Sessions. Did you find out what happened? It, there wasn't a really good explanation of it. 
it was just one of those things like he had a I think he had a debate with Baked Alaska and then the next day he was gone with no real explanation of why. Hmm. Just like he broke the Probably said some anti salmon shit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, What's baked Alaska? <laughs> I don't know what that baked Alaska is. <laughs> He's a guy. He's a guy. He's a, a meme guy. Oh, okay. He was just a meme guy, but now he's essentially become this like really uh right wing uh sort of uh he's he's kind of in the Infowars camp as well, right? But Baked Alaska has come up with some fucking hilarious memes. Oh, okay. Some of his memes are hilarious. He had one with uh, Alex Jones. He's always had a bunch of them like that. I've been out the game for that. like The meme game? Just all of it. Like, I'm so... I feel old, you know? Wikipedia has an interesting label for it. What does it say? American far-right neo-Nazi. What? Yikes. He's a neo-Nazi? Um, what kind of name is Antime? Antime? What kind of a name is Dimesh? <laughs> Proud. <laughs> Proud Patel, though. <laughs> All right, man. Let's wrap this bitch up. I got to get the fuck out of here. But sure, I think overall man i think you handled this really well thank you and very I think much this is a, definitely a, a positive for your career yeah thank you're you you're a funny dude you just continue keep on moving on thank you man i appreciate you brother my pleasure thank, thank you man you. Thank, appreciate you. You too. thank you thank you man oh tell people how to get to your instagram your twitter all that jazz yeah sure i'm at finding nemesh on instagram twitter i have like 10 followers because i hate twitter and then um <laughs> i'll be at i'll be at the punchline in philly december 27th through december 29th beautiful go there and snatch the mic from him <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that please <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's gonna happen no. <laughs>